This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Craig. <laughs> who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, the, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Joe, stop yelling at me. I agree. All right, welcome once again to the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast. I'm Rich Krejci alongside, as always, King of Banter, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? I'm mad. <laughs> I have a right to be mad. Fucking I'm angry. $230 a month on this fucking internet. Well, you're mad. I got sub one upload speeds here. We can't even stream this thing. They're costing me money. You always say it. They're taking money out of my pocket. Okay, so Rich is hot. Real hot. I'm seething, yeah. Because his internet is shit in the bed, and we could not go live this week. So, um, this show is being recorded old school. He's Listen, Rich is so spoiled now. Oh, we can't go live. I'm going to be mad. You know? We got we, the paying we customers. Go- we got those pay- I, I, I Look, I don't give two shits, but we got the paying customers. I feel bad for them. Listen, we're going to take care of the paying customers. They're going to have access to the show first, probably for... What, 12 to 18 hours before everybody else gets it, right? So, you know, it's one week. They'll cut you a break, Rich. They're not all going <laughs> to abandon. It was two weeks. No. We, we couldn't stream two weeks ago, too. Same issue, remember? Two or three weeks ago. Two, that wasn't two weeks ago. That was a lot of weeks. Yeah, maybe three or four weeks That was ago. a long time ago. I don't even remember it was so long ago. <laughs> I, I remember. I remember, Joe. They're going to cut you a break. Everyone's not going to jump off the ship. We're done. We're dead. It's over. Because of technical issues. Okay, we're giving them a show. They're getting the show first. So that's why Rich is hot. He's all hot and bothered over there. He's pissed off at his internet provider. Why don't you bury him? Who is uh, it? Xfinity. A uh, subsidiary of uh, Comcast. Xfinity. I even added them, too. The old, uh, the classic at them on Twitter and then have some dopey, you know, social media manager, which I do in my actual job, respond and go, oh, I'm sorry about your issues. Can we please help? Like, how can we help? Like, that poor guy. I mean, you know what I mean? It's not his fault at all. That guy doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter whatsoever, but. Um, probably be an probably be an auto reply, you know. It's yeah. not even a real human, but Rich is so hot that he's adding Xfinity <laughs> on Twitter. You know, you, you gotta relax, my sub man. One, sub one upload speed. What are we doing here? I should be at eighteen. I pay fucking two hundred fifty dollars a month for this shit. Listen, you know that's that's I, not chump change. I understand. It's a lot of bucks. Money. You are paying the big bucks. Top speed. Yeah. Top uh, speed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. That's what I thought. This is oh, like we're streaming. Better upgrade my fucking thing to the top speed. Hey, yeah. See, you guys, the listener won't know because Rich is recording off of his end, right? But he's coming through all choppy for oh, me. This see, is like this, that annoys me because you can't hear me then. I can hear you. <laughs> the, 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 this is like Rich doing a show with me in like 2014 when I was basically, you know, doing these shows on dial up with a, uh, with a $10 microphone. Now I do them on high-speed internet with a, with a $10 microphone. But back then, 
this must be like how I was coming through for Rich in the olden days. So this is payback. But I can hear every word you're saying. I'm, Rich, I'm not bothered by okay. this. It's all, right. it's all right, man. It's all good. See, I'm mad about something else. See, you're mad about your internet. Oh, I thought you were making fun of me. So you got a separate thing to be mad about. That's right. I, I wasn't mocking you. I am mad, Rich. I am mad as hell about AEW heels. Everyone's mad about AEW heels. <laughs> um, a, I can't wait. Yeah, this this show is going to be, we are going to tackle, over the course of these three hours, we are going to tackle every, every everything. People have been waiting and asking and begging. Set the record straight. AEW heels. Intergender wrestling. A women's division in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And we are going to cover all that and more in these three hours. And I can't wait, Joe. What's more important, Rich? Long-form discussions about AEW heels. Yeah, I can't wait. The demo versus total viewers. We're going to hit all the hot topics today. Um, We're not going to do any of that. But have you seen more people irrationally angry at literally nothing than they are at AEW heels? Is it with a Z or an S? I think it's it's an S. I don't think it's a Z. Should be a Z. I like the, I love cool. the idea of it being a Z as well, but yeah, no, I, I believe it's just a just an S. What the so. fuck are people mad? It's a dopey little fan club for forty nine bucks a month. Like, what are you mad about? If you you know, I can understand dunking on it because the price or whatever. That's fine. But people are like legitimately angry at the AEW heels, and I cannot figure out why they are angry at this. It's bizarre. Although Brandy Rhodes. Doing herself no favors. No, uh, which is <laughs> the, the, the irony is uh, one of the benefits of of paying the subscription fee to AEW heels with a Z is that uh, you get social media classes from Brandy Rhodes. Which, yeah, I don't know if those you know I don't know if today's a sterling day for uh, to well, launch breaking, these social media classes. So, I have breaking news for you, Rich. What do you got? The Brandalorian has deactivated. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, what a day. You, you make your bed, you gotta lie. What a whirlwind it. of a day, yeah. just You just gotta ignore it, man. You know what I mean? Like, just let it just, go. You just gotta ignore it. Okay, so a bunch of people are really mad for some reason that I can't figure out at your little, you know, fan club deal. Let them be mad. Why are you engaging with any of these dopey people on Twitter? Why do you care what rando with 800 followers thinks about your $49 fan club? Why would she engage these people? And she does this every six months and never learns. I don't understand it. Do you see Stephanie McMahon and Triple H engaging bozos on Twitter? When they don't like something that happens. No, they do their shit and they get out of there. They go in their office. They type their little shit. They have an assistant type something or whatever. And then they leave. And then they go home and do whatever they do. So, yeah, no, they don't give two shits. They shoot off PR tweets and never look at their mentions. Why is is the Brandalorian even looking at her mentions? Rich, I promise you. If we are ever a verified account with a million followers... I will never look at a mention. Oh, never, ever, 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 ever. Why? Why would you look at the mention? Like, we can do it now because we're a very small account. We've got like 15,000 followers, and we, 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 we like to engage with the listener and the reader and all that. But once you pass a certain point, the mentions are useless. They're pointless. Don't even look at them. She's not only looking at the mentions, which is mistake number one. 
she's engaging these people. Why do you care that someone is upset at your fan club? Why does it matter? You have a great life. Why are you letting this drag you down? Go do your little fan club. And and the people who will enjoy it will enjoy it. And the people that are mad at it for whatever reason. I still can't figure out why people are mad at it. The people who are mad at it, let them be mad at it. Let people be mad. Let people be be upset with you and, and dislike. You can't stop it anyway. I really don't. And, and it appears as though the Brandalorian has deactivated, sir. By the time people listen to this, maybe she will have reactivated. But, uh, yeah, she has been uh, chased off of the Twitter machine. Serves her right, if you ask me, sir. What do you think? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's all like you said at the top. It's 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 a very odd thing that people are very upset about. And, and it, it, it kind of speaks to one of the things that you talked about when AEW first, you know, first launched and they and they launched as for lack of a better word they were kind of like hey we're going to be the you know the inclusive brand the woke brand this sort of stuff and and when you do that when you set yourself up for that you immediately then set yourself up for oh but you know you say you're the x brand but like you only have this or you don't have enough of this or these you know people aren't included enough or or this you know uh you know gender isn't as you know shown on on your TV as as much as it, like it just opens you up to all that stuff as opposed to just saying hey we're a wrestling company and whatever but but they immediately and and you know for right or wrong and it was obviously strategic in some way they they decided to open themselves up to being that right away and especially this AEW heels is like you talk about you know we're going to be you know inclusive and this sort of thing and then you pay wallet it it gives a again you know what i mean it gives a kind of a weird it just gives a weird look and a weird kind of connotation that I get why people are a little like irked about it, but getting upset about it is 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 pretty wild. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's a wrestling company trying to make money off you. I mean, why? I guess. I mean, why monetizing would wokeness be- is is you know what what why be woke if you can't monetize it, right, Joe? I don't understand why you'd even be worked up about it. Just it's. I mean, you just not for- pay. You could just not pay forty dollars and then not have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're charging for a fan club. This isn't you know, this isn't some kind of new concept. I don't know. It's like. Well, it, it speaks to a discussion we had weeks ago, too, where, like, the, oh, the wrestling, the wrestlers are friends with me, and I'm friends with them, and it's like, nah, they really just want your money, dude. You know what I mean? Like, at the yeah. end of the day, they're professional liars that want your money, and I don't care. Like, I'm not I'm not disparaging wrestlers. Like, that's what they are, and that's what they should be. They're business, you know, men and women. They're, 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 they're professional they're professional con artists, for lack of a better term. They're professional liars, and that's fine. That's why we like wrestling. That's what's cool about wrestling, but... When those guards come down, people think, oh, I'm friends with Brandy. Oh, Brandy's going to let me into her fan club, and we're going to talk about social media and talk about, you know, how to get a job in the wrestling business. And at the end of the day, Brandy's like, nah, I want to, you know, I want a new pool. So, like, 50 bucks, let's go. And people get upset about that because they think that they're friends, you know, and and you're not. You know, the irony of all this is um, I don't understand why people care at all about this heels thing and we just spent 15 minutes yeah, on it so, so we're, the we're feeding into it i tell you what we've got the quarter hours who needs Meltzer, right oh, we don't have to wait till the observer got no, it right now right now yeah well well just i'm not trying to rub salt in the wounds rich but we were going to have it for our live ten dollar <laughs> customers before before see, anybody see, had here it. you go you but, gotta... uh, but you know and the observer might drop by the time that this show drops but uh no, we've got the quarter hours. Look, here's the thing, though. There's nothing spicy here. Um, obviously, I went over the ratings on the Thursday TV reviews, which a lot of people listening to this will have uh, heard by now. If not, $5 tier on the Patreon wall. I break down the ratings every single week. 
But uh, I never have the quarter hours because we just don't have the information yet because uh, I record before that information becomes available. We have the quarter hours. Not a ton of surprises. Um, AEW had a phenomenal week. 901,000 viewers and a .36 in the demo. And they actually beat Raw in the 18 to 34, which is really the big That's a huge story. Yeah, it's a gigantic story. So I'm looking at the demos here, and there's really no surprises. The 12-man tag was a phenomenal success. It did uh, 943,000 total viewers through the first and second quarters. Um, the debate was the big hit for Dynamite in terms of the demo. That did the biggest demo number for Dynamite. 487,000 viewers in 18 to 49 for the Jericho Orange Cassidy debate. So what people are going to talk about is Bischoff. But the thing is, they never advertised Bischoff. Uh, now, it leaked. Yeah, we, only... we knew, and I think a lot of people listening knew, but I, I, I do wonder how many people in the general like population had any idea about Eric Bischoff. Because they, they didn't say anything about Bischoff. No, I have, a hard time, I have a hard time attributing this quarter hour to Bischoff because they didn't advertise it. I think that hardcores and insider fans knew about it because it had leaked. But I don't think that that makes that kind of appreciable difference so look i think it was a mistake that they didn't advertise bischoff. i agree oh 100 i think they should have advertised bischoff whether i want to see him or not is is irrelevant because i think bischoff could have helped you know pop the number even higher because he does have a very popular podcast and the idea is you know you want to try to capture lapsed viewers one thing AEW gets criticized for is people say they don't go after the lapsed fan. They don't go after the casuals. They're really only drawing hardcores and fans of the elite. And people like Bischoff can help you maybe draw in some viewers that don't normally watch the show. And, you know, maybe they come in because they like Bischoff or they remember Bischoff. And maybe they leave the show on for a couple minutes and something catches their attention and then they watch next week and away you go. I would have advertised him. But I think that was a mistake. But either way, that quarter hour was their biggest quarter hour in what matters. The 18 to 49, 487,000 viewers. Um, their worst quarter hour, the women's segment tanked. I'm not trying to pile on, but I come on the TV reviews every week and tell you that the AEW women's segment uh, consistently loses viewers and is often the worst quarter hour the show does. And yet there's people out there who are demanding more women's segment on the show, which makes no sense. Um, the... As far as NXT goes, uh, their biggest quarter hour in overall viewers obviously was quarter one. It usually is because of the lead-in. And it appears as though the Keith Lee, Cameron Grimes match was their high point in the 18 to 49. But they got smashed every single quarter hour by roughly 200,000 viewers. Sometimes some quarters more. Sometimes some quarters a little less. Um, Look, it wasn't close head-to-head. But what's also going to get lost in this week, and I brought this up behind the paywall, was NXT was up. They were up about 50,000 total viewers, and they were up slightly in the demo as well. They went from a .18 to a .2. But because AEW had such a phenomenal week, and they're basically doing pre-COVID numbers at this point, and they're beating Raw in some of these demos and tying Raw, they tied, they tied Raw in males 18 to 34, and they beat Raw in adults 18 to 34 overall. So, um, I don't know. Look, Rich, I think Dynamite has a new enemy. I think it's Raw. 
I mean, they've left. You're NXT not wrong. In the rear. Yeah, NXT really seems like a complete non-factor uh, these days, especially demo-wise. But now, officially, like even in total viewers, and like now, you know, there was that weird few weeks where, like, you know, the total viewers were close, and NXT won a few of the total viewers weeks, and you know, you had to come on here and go, no, 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 don't worry about that. Worry about the demo. That's what matters, or whatever. And even NXT had to kind, of, or even uh, AEW, I think, had to kind of, you know, you have Jericho and Khan and all those guys going, no, 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 look at the demo number. They don't even need to do. They're they're well past that at this point, and. It's hard to imagine. We we kind of talked about it at the time too. The NXT really emptied the the holster. I mean, they they gave you back to back takeover level main event, uh, you know, main event matches on back to back weeks to get to those numbers, which were again, as we said, total viewers really good. You know, you know, very good beating AEW, but demo losing still to AEW. You know, demo still not yeah you know, being super impressive. And now that we're past that, we've seen the fall. The people have said, okay, well, I saw the big matches. I saw the things that you have. And I don't know if that's never going to happen again. I think if they if they promote yet another you know takeover level main event, those people might come back. But you're absolutely right that you know AEW seems uh, over the last month or so to be trending just completely upward and 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 yeah, like really <laughs> nipping at the heels of Raw. While AEW, it's hard to be- it's hard to imagine. I should say uh, AEW anytime in the next month or two or three or whatever, getting back to where they were even a, a month or two ago. Or, or even challenging AEW if these these numbers you know sort of stay as consistent as they have. So uh, you're not you're not wrong. Like you know, Rock keeps plummeting and and AEW keeps rising. So yeah, it's going to be a, a, an interesting fight here. Remember, I asked you what would happen first: Raw dropping under a million or AEW hitting a million. Well, AEW is only about ninety. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It looks like we're getting close to that oh. one. I'll I'll take the L on that one. But I don't know if you saw the Wade Wade Keller tracks the. The, the plus the uh, seven day DVR mm-hmm. numbers, and um, one interesting statistic there is that for the last two weeks, and remember these are two weeks behind because you're waiting seven days. So for the last two weeks, and obviously this week because they did nine hundred thousand and yeah nine hundred one thousand viewers live, so they're going to cross a million again. But for the last so for the last three weeks, AEW is well over a million when you factor in the DVR views. And that has been a slow climb since COVID began. Before COVID, the first three months of the year, which is essentially pre-COVID, they were consistently over a million when you added in the DVR numbers. There was only one week in the first three months of the year, according to Wade Keller, where Dynamite wasn't over a million. Then COVID happened. Everybody bottomed out. Dynamite has slowly been building back up. And now for the past three weeks, they're back over a million when you add in the DVR views over the first seven days. NXT, on the other hand, barely moves. And this is something – Dave Meltzer has talked about this too with the DVR numbers where AEW always adds a significant amount and NXT – now that could be because NXT airs on the network so people feel like they don't have to DVR it. Or it could just be because the NXT watchers are just like I've been saying from the beginning or just more zeroed in and they are watching that show no matter what. And they are not watching anything else. They're watching it live whereas the Dynamite viewers – hey, there's an NBA game on or something's happened in yeah. politics or I can DVR AEW and get to it later. That's more evidence for the theory that I came up with like week two of this thing, which everyone else kind of hopped onto. So I thought that was interesting too. The point here is Dynamite is right back where they were pre-COVID, both live and with their total viewership when you add in the uh, the seven-day DVR. I mean, what can you say? They've done a tremendous job and they've done it in an environment – where Raw and SmackDown continue to plummet. Uh, they beat both Raw and SmackDown this week in total viewers 18 to 34. And that's, I mean, you know, you kind of say that 
you know, we just kind of say that in a glancingly and, and I, I'm looking on Twitter and I'm not saying like that is massive, massive news. I mean, that is a key demographic. That is that is teenagers that that, that you know, teenagers to, to young adults. And, and and those are the demographics that are the most monetized, the ones that have the most money, the ones that spend the most money on wrestling, the ones that buy the most T-shirts that subscribe, that buy your pay-per-views, that do all this sort of stuff. The idea that AEW already at this point, already at this point, is beating Raw and SmackDown in that is, I don't know if that's a, it, it, it's a little bit of both. It's like a, a huge credit to AEW for, for what they've been able to build, but also a, oh my God, what are you guys doing in WWE? Like, how are you doing this? Like, you're on fucking USA and 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 Fox. SmackDown is on Fox. Like, <laughs> these numbers that I hear, I like every single, you know, Friday or whatever, or, or Saturday or whatever, when we get these, you know, um, SmackDown numbers, and I see people being like, "Oh yeah, good little number, good little." They're on Fox, like you know what I mean. Like this is, yeah, it's it's unbelievable that like what is what it now is just considered like, well, that's uh, an okay number. And it's like they're moved to Fox, like they should be double this, triple this, like and 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 this was trending as you said pre-COVID. It was trending this way as well, and it's just, um, yeah, it's equal parts. It's 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 equal parts. Hey, you know, great job by EW to kind of build from the ground up and get to this point. But then also WWE, like, what are you guys doing? Like how like it's just, it's unbelievable, those numbers. Like, I would never in a million years think that that number would be that close or that AEW would be leading them, you know, this 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 early in the game. It just, it blows my mind. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, now look, Dynamite could do 700,000 viewers next week, right? So this is one week where they've beaten both Raw and SmackDown in, you know, uh, total viewers or viewers in the, de- you know, in the 18 to 34 demo. Uh, look, it, it's not like we're discussing a long trend here, but it's still notable that that has happened. I believe it's the first time that they have defeated Raw in the 18 to 34. Now, Raw still has a pretty significant edge in 18 to 49 because between the ages of 35 and 49, Raw is still blowing them away in the older half of that demo. And then, of course, we all know the story um, 50 plus. I think I was wrong with the top NXT. Um, quarter it was uh the lee grimes it was actually the end of the three-way with damian priest uh advancing to the ladder match and the beginning of the keith lee and the introductions to keith lee and cameron grimes it was quarter four which was nxt's best quarter hour and then the uh the actual lee grimes match was part of the second best quarter so you could partly attribute lee grimes but it was also the three-way as well the end of the three-way match in that fourth quarter but um there's a look. There's nothing real, really surprising in these quarters. I wish we had something juicy, but they pretty much went the way that everybody would think that they would go. Um, you know, and uh, and all of the same trends that we've been seeing over the last couple of weeks. But um, as far as AEW goes, uh, we talked a little bit about Bischoff, uh, and we seem to be on the same page there, where it's like, eh, I could take him or leave him, mostly leave him, but they probably should have advertised him at least. But what do you think of AEW, you know, bringing people in for these short-term deals and one-offs? Some other examples would be Ariana Andrews, uh, you know, in the tag tournament. Of course, they lose, and then Nia, Nia, uh, Nyla Rose, um, I was going to say Nia Jax. Um, similar gimmicks, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, similar, yeah, in the same vein. Two, two big ass kickers on each roster, but Nyla Rose then beats the shit out of her in the post-match, which is what a lot of people figured was going to happen. So it feels like that was a write-off. And then she went public and said that she's a free agent and all that. So we may never see her again. And then you have Matt Cardona, 
who it's reportedly a five appearance deal. So whether that means he has three appearances left, being that he's been on two shows, or two appear or one appearance left if they were taped on the same day, because I can't remember whether they were or not. The point is he's not going to be there long term. And then you could even go all the way back to Mike Tyson if you want, you know, who appeared a couple of times. Um, you know, and and fold Bischoff in as well. You know, my take on this is that these are all good ideas. It's it's not who you bring in, it's what you do with them mm-hmm. when you bring them in. In my view, yeah, I, I hate to kind of echo your your thought there. I thought you know maybe we could have a <laughs> you know a good tussle here and, and and disagree and all that sort of stuff. But I'm kind of the same way. We had, you know I did a Q and A for our, our Patreon last week, and, and people asked me about Cardona a lot and about you know AEW bringing in uh, someone like him. And and I said you know yeah I get why there's some trepidation. I get why people are just like I don't really want Zack Ryder in you know AEW, and I absolutely get that. I don't want Zack Ryder in AEW either. I don't really necessarily want Eric Bischoff in AEW. I don't want Cameron uh, Ariana Andrew in in AEW, but. They deserve a chance, at least, and I think AEW deserves a chance, and those wrestlers deserve a chance to prove that they aren't, you know, what, or, or just prove that, you know, the WWE stuff, whatever, that, that that maybe WWE missed the boat with them, or maybe WWE didn't get the full amounts of their talents, or, or whatever, and that's where it kind of comes to the same thing that you're saying, that if you bring in, and, and this is something that TNA didn't do right, when TNA would bring in... If, if TNA brought in Matt Cardona, he would be a Zack Ryder-type character. His entrance would say, wee, 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 instead of woo, woo, woo. You know what I mean? Like, it would be, like, as close as humanly possible, basically saying, it's Zack Ryder from WWE. You remember Zack Ryder from WWE. Here he is. Now he's in TNA. Like, that's essentially what they did with a lot of the guys. A few guys were able to break free of that. You know, Christian, I thought, did a pretty good job of, of pretty quickly after you know, breaking free and, and not feeling like he was just this WWE character. But a lot of the other guys came in and were essentially their WWE characters. You had your Val Venuses or whatever. And they were just, you know, I forget even what his fucking name was uh, in that company. But he was essentially just the same thing. And and that that is what you want to avoid. And AEW, to their credit, has avoided that, I think, with a lot of these people. Uh, you know, the, the Ariana Andrew thing... It, that's just a pop of YouTube number, I think. I guess that that one I can't imagine getting upset about. Like that one's just bizarre. You, you know, like who cares? <laughs> Honestly, if it was on TV and she was being pushed and she was winning the the title, I would say, yeah, that's ridiculous. Don't do that. That's stupid. That's not what would happen here. They popped a YouTube number with her and, and wrote her off the, the the television already. That's fine. That's perfectly okay. Um, Tyson, I don't need to go into that. I mean, Tyson's a, a, a mega star. On, on many different levels, and if you can sort of um, take the good and the, and the bad with with the Mike Tyson, and and think, okay, yeah, he's you know he's got his issues, you know, in his in his life or whatever. But if we think that it's worth it to, to get viewers or whatever, the Tyson thing, I'm not even going to talk because he's so clearly a big giant star that like if you get the chance to bring Mike Tyson, and you absolutely do that. So that that one's a non non starter for me. But when you talk about people like a Cardona or or you know maybe most notably him, um, as long as you present him as not what he was in WWE and present him as a new thing, then I, I have no real issue with it. I really don't. Like, I, I get the eye rolls. I get why you would say, oh, what did he do to deserve this? But it's not, again, if you're pushing him to the moon and he's, you know, Ride Zacker, the, you know, the Long Island guy, you know, that, like, I get it. Like, that would be eye rolling. That would be shitty. That would be annoying. And it'd be like, oh, geez, you're just bringing this guy in because he was an ex WWE guy. But I do think that the guys do deserve a chance and, and guys and girls do deserve a chance to prove. Uh, what they can do outside of that company. And I also, you know, I brought this point up in the Q&A as well, is we've reached a point where you can't say, oh, well, this guy worked for WWE, so I don't want this company to sign him. Because they signed fucking everybody. They had like 900 people on the roster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it's going to come to a point that if you're going to acquire a, a wrestling talent, chances are they've probably spent some time in WWE developmental or they're coming from WWE for a long time. For the next few years, it's going to be the case uh, for, for a lot of top-tier talent. So 
We have to let that go. We can't just immediately say, well, he's ex-WWE or he was in WWE before, so I, I, I just can't. No, I, I, it can't happen and it's no good and uh, I don't want you know, AEW to be that. I get that. But yeah, again, it's all to me, it's all about how you present that person. And what I've seen out of Matt Cardona so far, like, no, I don't love Matt Cardona. I'm not like head over heels like, oh my God, this guy's great or whatever. I think it's been fine. I've enjoyed Matt Cardona so far. But I think they've also done a good job of saying that he is not Zack Ryder. He, he's a separate person that's here to prove himself. And I think that's important. And they've done that pretty well. And AEW continues to do that. And if they continue to do that, I won't have really any issue with who they bring in um, if they continue to present them in, in what I think is a pretty solid way and not really a way that just, you know, harkens back to what they were in WWE. I think they're all just short-term attempts to try to expand the audience and expose the product to people who might not necessarily be watching it. I mean... I've talked about it behind the paywall a couple of different times with Ariana Andrews, but she's like, she has a huge following in the LGBTQ plus community. And, you know, maybe if people check out her match on YouTube, knowing that she's there and she's pushing it on her social media, you get some new eyeballs on that, that wouldn't have normally watched. Maybe you pop a little number on the YouTube and maybe they like what they see and they come back for the tournament next week. I mean, what harm is there in it? Um, you know, Matt Cardona, Rich, has millions of followers on social media and has a YouTube show that also has – that gets millions yeah, the, of views. the, the major figures. I, why are we even debating him? How can anyone say with a straight face that it's a bad idea to bring him in for five appearances? Again, it's all how you use somebody. If you bring him in and you push him to the moon and he's getting a title shot against Moxley on your pay-per-view, you're out of your mind. That's a bad idea. But to bring in a guy like that who has a built-in fan base and, again, he's going to promote this stuff on all of his social media and all of his endeavors where he has millions of fans and followers, what harm is is there in that? If some of those people who maybe only know him through WWE check him out on the other show and then like what they see and maybe you pick up some viewers. Rich, it's no harm. I, I, I The Matt Cardona one, I really don't understand why – Anyone would be against it. Yeah, I, th- I think there's some trepidation because of what we saw with TNA for all those years. And, and the, the issue with TNA, and if you didn't live it, I think a lot of the problem is a lot of people didn't, like a lot of people that are talking about this maybe didn't watch TNA in real time or weren't there in real time or watching it or whatever. But the thing that was so frustrating about that and the stuff that a lot of wrestling fans that, 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 you know, at, at the time in our little circle, our little bubble of wrestling w- was so annoyed about is that the second that person would jump from WWE or they were an ex-WCW guy or whatever, they would hop the line and they were immediately a main eventer because they were in WWE before TNA. And it immediately made TNA look like the second, you know, minor league, like a yeah. secondary company because, oh my God, it's Rikishi and he'd come in and he'd immediately be pushed to the moon. He was gone in like one week or whatever, but that was it. Like, you know, Val Venus comes in, he's immediately pushed to the moon. And, you know, anybody who was brought in from WWE or, or, or XWCW was immediately put in like a huge role and, and was the focus of the show. And their character was all about what they were in WWE. It was totally just to say, hey, here's this guy that was in WWE and now he's here in our company right now. And, and it made you look second rate. And you're absolutely right. If Macrodona comes in and he's Long Island, you know, Mac Cardona guy or whatever, whatever the hell you want to call it, and he's challenging Moxley for the title and he's in the main event or whatever, then, yeah, absolutely, I'm going to say, okay, did he really? No, what what are we doing here? Like, you have a whole roster of guys that you've been building up, and now this guy comes in and you immediately put him in the front of the line. Like, it just makes the rest of your roster look like dweebs. And they haven't done that. Mac Cardona is just, like, working his way up the ladder. Sean Spears was kind of the same way, and it didn't work with Sean Spears, obviously. I, I think we could pretty clearly say that Sean Spears is now just sort of, 
whatever. I don't know. He's just in the roster. He's just a guy on the roster, whatever. But they tried it with him, and I give them credit for trying it with him, and I give them credit for trying it with Matt Cardona if it works or if it doesn't work. If they if he stays beyond the five matches or if, or if this was it just to pop a, a few numbers or get people aware of the, the, the product, I'm fine with it because, as you said, it's all about how you present those characters. And, how, and many, that, no, how, it, many, yeah. how many millions of people were exposed to AEW through Matt Cardona and Ariana Andrews' social media in the last two weeks? I mean, I don't have an answer for you. It's like, you know, rhetorical question. Or not really a rhetorical question, because I don't have the answer. But obviously the answer is a lot. Um, Ariana Andrews lost a match on YouTube and then got destroyed by one of your top female stars. Uh, Matt Cardona is in a mid-card feud with the Dark Order B team. Right. It's, it's, it's all – to me, it's the usage – you know, and that's why I wait and see how these people are going to be used before I make before I craft a narrative around it. Eric Bischoff moderated a debate and maybe had three lines all night, and then it was exit stage left when they did the big angle. And uh, allegedly, he's never going to be seen again. How could you have a problem with that? From the aspect of okay, there this is what people say they haven't been doing, attempting to expand their audience. This is what these moves are. These moves are attempts to expand the audience. No different than Tyson. Now, Tyson's another level because he's a mega star in the real world. Yeah, he's a, he's a non-starter for me. I won't, I won't listen to any argument about that. Other than you want, if, if you want to give me the argument of, of you know, his, his, his past and, and criminal stuff, then I will listen to that argument. But if you're like, oh, it's, it's you know, negative. No, it's never a negative to bring Mike Tyson on if you're trying to get eyeballs on your product. It's just not. Yeah, he's a he's a mega star in the real world. Uh, these other three people are significant stars in their niches, I would say. Uh, but but he's a mega star in the real world, and you know I think you know one of his segments popped a big number. The other kind of was meh. I don't really remember. But didn't one segment kind of do nothing special, and the other segment popped I real big? I think that's correct. That's yeah, I'd have, to, I'd have then, to look back, but I'm almost positive that's what it was. And maybe whatever they were going to do with him and Jericho got nixed because of the speak out stuff in his past. Or maybe there was never a plan to do a match. I don't know. But look, they did a pull apart. He didn't knock out Chris Jericho and make him look like a fool and, and kill the, the top guy in the territory the way that, you know, something else happened this week that we're going to transition to. Um, but maybe that is a good transition instead of beating this point to the ground. Uh, conversely, you look at NXT this week with the Pat McAfee stuff, and I think the key difference between Pat McAfee and Mike Tyson, besides one being a megastar and the other being Pat McAfee, is what I just said. Mike Tyson did not leave Chris Jericho Lang. They had a massive pull apart to end a, a show, and whatever was going to happen never ended up happening. So, so Jericho kind of looked like his equal in a lot of ways, right? Um, Pat McAfee shows up on NXT after doing the angle with Cole on his radio show, and he leaves Adam Cole laying knocked out, and now they're having an actual match at TakeOver. <laughs> the Triple H challenge Pat uh, McAfee, too. And it's just the difference. Like, yeah. you know, it, this is exactly what we're talking about. It's how you use these people, okay? If you think Pat McAfee – now, first of all, Pat McAfee is employed by the company. Okay, so that's another difference. It's like 
this isn't just bringing someone in from the outside. Which on is a, on what's a which is the weirdest thing about this is like they're kind of acting like he hasn't. He's done studio shows for you guys. He's been doing the like the pre. They're acting like they've just you know this guy came out of nowhere on this radio show and this podcast. And I'm just like, what? I'm like, what are you talking about? This guy's been on your TV like many times, multiple times. He's been on your TV on your on your pre shows, on your post shows, on things like this is not a guy that you're plugging. This isn't Lawrence Taylor. You know what I mean? Like it's not Mike Tyson of 1998. It's like. A guy who's clearly employed by your company, clearly aligned with your company, getting involved. And he's, and he's punking out the top guy on the brand. Yeah, that – oh, my God. I can't even – I can't even yeah, with this stuff. Yeah, the, the, the Pat McAfee stuff is so losing the point of, of what pro wrestling is supposed to be and who pro wrestlers are supposed to be and the hierarchy and how you're supposed to present. It's just – it's mind-blowing. It, it leads me to believe that they have just completely lost the point, that they have no idea what they're doing anymore. Like, I, I don't know how this company that once – Whatever you want to say about old WWE, or whatever you want to say about the last 30, 40 years of WWE, they, whatever. There was a lot of stuff they did incredibly well, amazingly well. There's a reason we're all watching this shit, and it's probably because of them at some point. And then you have stuff like this, and it just is it's mind-boggling that you've just lost it. You have no idea what you're doing anymore. He, he, Rich, Ariana Andrews embarrassed Nyla Rose, and Nyla Rose d- d- kicked her ass and, and sent her packing from the company. Matt Cardona is feuding with John Silver. That's the difference here. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, Bischoff's role was insignificant. You know, Jericho went 50-50 with Tyson. Pat McAfee comes in and knocks out the top name in the brand. <laughs> after that man apologized to him. and Yeah, after he got on his hands and knees and begged for his – well, he didn't go that far. But you get the like, – Yeah, he begged for forgiveness, got forgiveness, got his ass kicked, and then his boss challenged the guy to a fight. And now they're going to have a match. And he's the I face, I think. <laughs> I don't know who the face is. I think I can't it's Adam Cole, it but I don't know. <laughs> I think this was the Undisputed Era turn because uh, Red Dragon lost the match. Imperium took advantage of the distraction. And it seems like McAfee was healing it up at the end. But the thing with McAfee is he's a natural heel. His voice, the way he carries himself. Like in pro wrestling, he'd be a heel. So I feel like this is the Adam Cole turn, but it is, it's, pre- it's still pretty ambiguous because he still came charging at the table acting like a whiny baby because Pat McAfee was talking about him. It's like that's not babyface behavior. You know what I mean? So it's like the whole thing is weird, and they're going to have a match on the takeover, and it's just – like you're saying, it's just completely missing the plot. Um, I, I don't know anymore. Uh, it it, it – it's pretty silly. I mean, if it's the impetus for the Cole turn. Now, look, I don't think – I think the angle was pretty good. The problem is why are you doing this angle? Yeah, in a vacuum, it was fine. In a vacuum, it was a perfectly fine angle, a perfectly okay angle. And, and yeah, I just don't I, – I, I have no idea who – and this is the thing that we've been getting a, a lot as well is, is we have a lot of listeners that are not U.S.-based or a lot of listeners that aren't uh, football fans. And all we're hearing from them is like, who the fuck is this guy and why should I care about him? And even if you're, like, a big NFL fan, like, I think you know, I, I think if you're a big NFL fan, you know Pat McAfee. Uh, if you're a real hardcore NFL fan, you, you know him. He's a, he's a pretty famous uh, punter, but, like, that doesn't stretch beyond, you know, we talked about that before. The mom test, I don't think Pat McAfee is going to pass almost any mom test at all. No, no, God, no. Pat I mean, Mc... <laughs> unless, it's, unless she's from thing. Indianapolis and she is a cult season ticket holder, she's probably not going to know who Pat McAfee is. So Pat McAfee doesn't even pass the sports fan test. Pat McAfee passes one test. Hardcore NFL fan who has Sunday ticket who watches all of the games. And cares you about know punting. Who yeah, right. Who doesn't go to get another beer when there's a punt going on? 
So because he was the punter on the Peyton Manning Colt teams, which were really good teams that you know went to Super Bowls and and AFC Championship games, and they had their uh, they had a program with the Pats. They had a hot feud with the Patriots for for <laughs> a number of years there. Well, yeah, they worked the program with the Pats, and they were in a lot of championship games against them and everything. And you know they would play every year. So he you know he's he's a very famous for a pro football punter. He, okay. He was the punter of the decade in the NFL. He was an excellent punter, uh, borderline Hall of Famer. I mean, you, they don't put a lot of punters in the Hall of Fame, and he's not going to the Hall of Fame. But if they did put a lot of Hall of Fame uh, punters in the Hall of Fame, he'd be one of them. He was the punter of the decade. Um, and he, and here's the other thing that's weird about this, Rich. He's not a typical punter. He's a real athlete. He's like 6'3", 220. He's ripped. During his playing days, he was known for like being a punter who would lay hits on people. Like, this guy's not just a jabroni who could kick well. And he looks more impressive athletically than Adam Cole does. And that's a problem. When I look at Pat McAfee and Adam Cole, I feel like Pat McAfee could kick his ass. Yeah, 6'1", 6'2", about 230, 240, I'd say, rough. And, 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 and an elite athlete. Yeah. I mean, we, okay, we're laughing at him because he's a punter. Like, in the, in the pantheon of pro football players, okay, he's a punter. But this man is an elite athlete. Okay, I, 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 he could probably kick Adam Cole's ass. Right. Well, it, that way. you know, it, it goes back. You know, I, I mentioned the name a little bit earlier, but like a Lawrence Taylor, they didn't put Lawrence Taylor with Shawn Michaels. You, you know what I mean? Like they knew that if if Lawrence Taylor and Shawn Michaels got in the ring together in 1995, it would be laughable because it's like the, yeah. here's one of the best you know football defenders in history that's still a fucking monster. He's still six three or whatever, like two eight. I mean, he was a monster. He's huge. And if he was in the ring there with, with Shawn Michaels, he would totally eat him alive and it would look it wouldn't look realistic whatsoever. So they decided, hey, we'll give him Bam Bam Bigelow. Because nobody looks like a monster next to Bam Bam Bigelow. And Lawrence Taylor didn't. Like Bam Bam Bigelow looked like the more imposing figure. He looked like the bigger figure because he is. He's just a bigger man. Like, you know, obviously Lawrence Taylor is a better athlete, but Bam Bam looked bigger. So that was the aesthetics of it. The aesthetics of it are so important. But now you have, you know, an athlete, a retired athlete who's bigger, taller, stronger than Adam Cole, and then also punks him out on the end of the episode. And we're supposed to say, ah, man, I can't wait to see Adam Cole do a Panama Sunrise to Pat McAfee. Like, they just lost the plot. Like, they have no idea what they're doing anymore. If you had Keith Lee versus Pat McAfee, totally fine. No issue with that whatsoever. Pat McAfee especially, stands up to him, and Keith Lee goes, well, all right, let's do this. And he doesn't get laid out by Pat McAfee. <laughs> he just says, all right, you want to play? We'll play. We'll see you at TakeOver. That's it. That's all you have to do. Especially if McAfee's the heel here. Because right. if he's supposed to be the heel, he should be a little fucking shit who's a, a, like an annoying little twerp. You know what I mean? But it's not. This guy, I just looked it up. He's a legit 6'1", 233 during his playing Oh, wow. Days. That's oh, good a, guess. Good guess by me. Rich, that's a linebacker. <laughs> that's a big boy, yeah. Rich, this is, like I said, this isn't a typical punter. This guy was like the size of a middle linebacker. He's the size of a strong safety. Okay? And he was a real athlete. And he looks it standing next to Cole. This guy's a legit 6'1", 230. Cole is like build at six foot, but we all know he's like five, eight and I'm not exaggerating with the no, five, there's eight. yeah. There's any number of pictures of people standing next to Adam Cole. And yeah, it's pretty, pretty look clear. Up Zach, look up the Zach Sabre jr. Picture. Yeah. That man, they're both built at six foot. Go look at the picture. Um, so, you know, there's just all kinds of, um, aesthetic issues with it. Um, you know, just trying to figure out now, do I think Pat McAfee can, uh, if he's down at the PC working out, can he have an acceptable match? Probably, because like I said, he's an elite athlete. Yeah, he's a natural athlete. I'm sure he'll be fine. And, and by the way, he's like 29 years old. How old? He's not even old. Like, how old is he? He's like 30. No, he's like 33. I think. I think he. I think he's early uh, 30s. So it's not like he's uh, past his physical prime. Uh, you know, he was a world class athlete. 
uh, professional athlete. He's 33, which makes him younger than most of the NXT roster, to be honest. <laughs> he's, he's like 11 years younger than Bobby Fish, to give you some perspective. I don't mean to pick on Bobby Fish. I'm a big Bobby Fish fan. But, um, you know, so this is a guy in his athletic prime who is a world-class athlete who I think, you know, like a lot of guys we've seen, I, you know, like your Kevin Greens or uh, who was the TNA guy who was phenomenal? Oh, uh, 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 D'Angelo Williams. Yeah. Not Pac-Man Jones. That, that was not phenomenal. <laughs> no, not Pac-Man Jones. No. Uh, but so, uh, you know, I think he has the I forgot about Kevin Green. Yeah, Kevin Green was awesome, too. They did a good job with Kevin Green. Yeah, he could be as good as some of those guys and just as quickly, I think. But it's like, I don't know if why you would want to do this with with Adam Cole. It doesn't – would you be – look, I wouldn't even have much of a problem with this if it was like a mid-card thing. Like, again, it's slotting that matters because that's the thing. Pat McAfee, you know, we just talked about how he's not that famous. He's got his sports talk show and everything, but he's not a big deal in this country. He's just not. You know, he's he's – and outside of this country, it, he's literally zero. Like, literally that, nobody nothing. knows about him outside of America. So I don't even know what you're adding in terms of <laughs> – yeah. and, and here's the thing. He already works for you and was already pushing your product. So it's like anyone he was going to add, he's probably added already. So it's just – I don't know. I don't understand it. Um, they're desperate. They're constantly grasping at straws. And uh, maybe Adam Cole and Pat McAfee should have their match in Shane McMahon's uh, fight pit. How about that? <laughs> raw underground, yeah. yeah let, let, raw let's underground. get let, let's get to Raw Underground in a bit and, and more uh, assorted WWE weirdness. Uh, before I do that, though, we do want to welcome a brand new sponsor to the show, Joe. We got a new one here, Keeps. Do you know anything about Keeps? I don't, Rich. Tell me all I'm about I'm going to tell Keeps. you all about it, and you're going to love Keeps because I know – how much we and we've talked about this before. It's been a while since we talked about it on the show, so new listeners might not know about this. But what's one of the favorite things that Joe Lanza likes to do? What 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 is the thing when when jo, when does Joe Lanza want to go to the grocery store? Want to go to the movie theater and stand around the lobby? Want to go just wander around the city and hope that people look at him and pay attention to him? When I have a fresh haircut. When you have a fresh haircut, a good head of hair. When you're feeling confident, and you talk about that swag that you do, you will sit. That, that was correct, right? You go to like movie lobbies and just talk about movies that you're going to watch with pretty women, right? Listen, when I was a single man, fresh haircut day was watch out <laughs> College Station, Texas day. The women of College <laughs> Station were going to get hit on uh, in many different ways because, yeah, you just have that fresh haircut swagger. Yeah, you, you, you know, puffy-chested walking down the cereal aisle, you know, getting your, getting your cereal, going to the movie theater, just to go to the lobby, going to, yeah, wherever you're eating, you're, you're even, did you run that, did you run your fingers through your hair too to let people know, like, hey, look at this, look at this thing that got going. Well, I'm not a run through. I'm not a fingers through the hair okay, guy. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm a big product guy. So, oh, you know, so it's I like nice and tight. It's 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 it, you don't want to mess with it. Yeah, you run your fingers through my hair. It's going to come out like an oil slick. <laughs> can't really. Yeah. But that's good though. So again, as I said, our identity is very much wrapped up in our hair. You got a fresh haircut. Your hair's looking good. You feel important. You feel confident. You're ready to go. And when you get to your 20s and your 30s, you know, you start seeing a little bit of hair loss. I know I'm, I'm seeing a little bit as well. I don't know about you. I think you still have a, an impeccable head of hair. But, you know, I'm seeing a little bit of hair loss. And, and it, you know, it gets kind of panicky. You're wondering, oh, God, oh, my God, I'm going to be bald, you know, the next day. And it doesn't necessarily happen like that. It's not overnight that you turn bald. But you do need to kind of worry about that. You do need to start to say, okay, look, a lot of my identity is wrapped up in my hair. I, you know, a lot of my confidence is wrapped up in my hair. So you want to keep that hair. And that's where keeps come in, comes in. And that's why, you know... Thankfully, we're ready. You know, they, they asked us if we want to sponsor or they want to sponsor us on the show. We were like, absolutely, because it, it's a great product. So there's an easy way to keep your hair is what they do. Now, Joe, 
I'm going to pose a question to you. How many out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35? Three out of three? All of them. No, okay, that's close. It's two out of three, which is still a, a lot of number. Like, look around. There's two of us. You know, I know that I have it. I don't know. If, it's two out of three. That's a lot of people. But the best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have the hair left. When you're bald, it's too late. There's nothing you can do. When you're, it, it, you got to get it while it's still there, and that's what the, the, the great part about it is. So you used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescriptions. Now, thanks to Keeps... You can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. They make it easy and deliver the medication every three months so you can say goodbye to the pharmacy checkout lines, the awkward doctor visits, or the terrible thing that I have to do where you have to ring the fucking bell and have like somebody come at the pharmacy. Do you ever have that where you try to buy something from the pharmacy and you got to hit the bell? And the, the, the like Awful. 18 year old is to come and unlock it, and you're like, I know, I know. It's like whatever you're buying is like probably embarrassing, and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, just get it for me. Like, very humiliating. It's just terrible. They walk with you to the front. It's just terrible. I don't want to do it anymore. Thankfully, Keeps doesn't let you do that anymore. Uh, Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. Uh, you may have tried them before, but probably never for the price that Keeps is going to give them to you. And prevention is the key. As we said, Keeps treatments typically take between four to six months to see results. So it's important to act fast. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you will save. Uh, and find out, of course, why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of the competitors and more than 100,000, not even 10,000, 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Uh, Keeps treatment starts at just $10 per month, which is a steal. Uh, plus, for a limited time only, you can get the first month free. Again, that is incredible value for Keeps and one that I'm definitely going to capitalize on because, again, I do not want to do the, the hidden the bell, have somebody come and get the key thing to get my hair loss treatment. That stuff's not going to work anymore. So we have a special thing here for you. Keeps dot com slash vow you're going to get your first month of treatment for free that's k-e-e-p-s dot com slash vow once again k-e-e-p-s keeps dot com slash vow to get your first month free yeah, that bell's pits it isn't it the worst it's so bad uh, uh, excuse me sir did you want your Hair loss medicine. Yeah, they always they, your, they your know herpes, it too. Your your herpes medication <laughs> or or your penis enlargement pills. What was it that you needed, sir? Yeah, <laughs> you know. And there's you know it, it's it's humiliating. Yeah, it's and then the like you got the thing over the intercom too, like oh helping uh cause helping <laughs> like and you're like oh no, and it's like whatever they're like you know helping yeah. sexual performance. You're like oh boy, <laughs> that's yeah, it. all right, yeah, that's me. We need that syphilis cream and aisle three. Yeah, <laughs> right. just, yeah. Somebody yeah. unlocked this dope syphilis cream. <laughs> it's terrible. I don't want to do that anymore. Thankfully, keeps. I don't have to do that anymore. Keeps.com slash vow. Thank God. All right. So, do you want to talk about fucking raw underground fight club? I don't even want to call it like Fight Club. It's, in, it, it's embarrassing to Fight Club. Don't even call it Fight Club. It, do, it doesn't sound like you want to talk about it. Jeez. <laughs> do we? You're real angry about it. Jeez. I'm not angry. It's just unbelievable. I just, they're so weird. I don't, just don't get what, what's going on with that company anymore. Everyone's lost their minds. Rich is on one as they stay on the streets. Um, I, I, I tell TLB that all the time. I say, you are on one right now, How man. does that go? How does that go? It, uh, you know, it's... <laughs> It's Not good great. Natured. No, it's good natured. It usually reminds her that she is in fact on one, and then she'll take it down a notch. You know, uh, I never say it like you have to know when to throw. Oh, sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, you can't like you know you can't do it when it's in the middle of like a. It has to be the right kind of on one to tell your. Yeah, wife when they're really you're really on one, then you can't say anything. Like you just gotta no no no. Go. Yeah. You just got to take it. Yeah yeah yeah. You just take it. But you know, it's like if it's a 
if it's like the way that you're on one right now, right? <laughs> like if she's on one in that way, I'm like, ma'am, you are on one and you need to tone it down. And, uh, you know, uh, you could throw that out there. But you, sir, are on one. And, you know, you just, yeah, you want to talk about the fucking raw? Yeah, I do. And so do you. Because this is a big time show. And I need you to get into it. Okay, we got to cheer up Rich here. I don't, you know, he's so upset about this Xfinity. When's the guy coming over? <laughs> I I gotta figure this out. Yeah, no, I gotta the, the chat. I tried to do the chat, and it said all of our technicians are busy. So oh, well. call back tomorrow. <laughs> are like, they are they are they blaming COVID like everyone? Oh else yeah, does? of course. They said due to COVID, we have a you know a, a more than <laughs> normal. You know, I never at, understand fucking, that. At eight o'clock on a fucking Thursday, yeah, I'm sure all your technicians are are way too busy to talk. So. Yeah, it's like you call at their house. <laughs> they're all at their houses. Yeah, yeah, like, and they, they're they're all all these customer service things are blaming COVID for their slow responses now because they they feel like that's their out. Like you can't get on their case for it, you know, because it's the COVID. Um, but yeah, so uh, Shane McMahon's Underground Fight Club. Now, look, um, I think we both correct. You correctly predicted. Now we we forgot to put you over. You correctly predicted that Pat McAfee was going to leave Adam Cole laying in a heap, and you deserve credit for that, okay? I put you over behind the paywall. I put you over on Twitter, but you correctly predicted that. You took a lot of shit for saying that that's what was going to happen, and you really stuck your neck out, but that's that's exactly how that all went down. We also both correctly predicted that Shane McMahon's underground fight club would pop a little bit of a number for Raw, and uh, my feeling, and I don't know if you share this uh, sentiment, was that they drew some curiosity views. Now, look, 1.7 million viewers, nothing to brag about. But I feel like they drew some curiosity views, avoided hitting their all-time low, threw some things against the wall. And I think next week, now that people have seen how horrendous it is, we go right back down to the terrible numbers they were doing. What do you think? I 100% agree, yeah. Because it's one thing if, like, and I guess, you know, your mileage may vary on this, but I can't imagine anybody came away with watching Raw Underground and said, oh, man can't wait to see what they have next week like it more was a curiosity fact. thing yeah more yeah. like I, i'll admit that was the first li- raw that i've watched live in i don't know probably a year or so that i've really sat down and said i am watching raw today i was flipping they back and forth you. they got they me got i was you. like what yeah. the hell is this thing like are they really bringing back raw for all what the hell is this thing gonna be uh so i watched it and i'm sure i'm i'm with a bunch of other people i know the activity on social media seemed like it was bigger uh, than it had been in a week so they they did it they successfully did it but the thing with popping a number is when you do that and, and we talked about we've been talking about this for the last few weeks that WWE used to be very good at popping those numbers, having some certain thing that would happen, and then all of a sudden it would happen, and people would start getting excited about the product again because it was maybe a good thing, or you know the Nexus angle was a big thing that got everybody you know to kind of talking uh, all those years ago, and, and 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 stuck with it, and people kept you know the numbers kept going, and 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 yeah, it's all about how you what you do on that night, uh, what you do to keep people after that. I cannot imagine that any of the curiosity viewers that had to sit through that raw, which I. I mean, I, the entire time I'm watching this raw, I'm just wondering who are these, who in the, who in the hell could watch this show every single week? Could rip open a bag of popcorn and go, all right, three hours of sports entertainment, baby, let's go. Like it is horrible. It's so bad to watch. And like I, I, I've done the DVR thing before, and I still have raw on my DVR every single week. And sometimes I'll, I'll fast forward and pause and watch a little bit or whatever. This was a sit down on the couch at seven or whatever and watch all three hours. I don't know how you do that. And I can't imagine that anybody that did a curiosity look to see what the hell this Shane McMahon thing is going to come back next week and go, all right, let's see what they have for me this week. Like, I just can't imagine it. I mean, it's not just that the Raw Underground thing was bad. is that everything else on the show was just, like, absolutely horrendous. <laughs> you know, there was nothing on the show that was redeemable to what any level whatsoever. You got Montez Ford being poisoned. Like, what the hell was that? Like, just a bunch of talking, no good matches. Like, I, I cannot imagine 
that those people come back. So I'm, I'm right with you. I think that the next week's number uh, is definitely going to go down. I, I don't know if it's going to, you know, crater. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be lower than it was, you know, a few weeks ago. You might keep some of those people, but uh, that that's a one week pot for sure to watch this Chain McMahon and, and Raw Underground thing. There's no way this sustains. We got to put an asterisk on this. If they do a bunch of wacky shit for Raw this week too, which they could do because they're right, in panic right. mode. You know, that could result in either holding or even growing again because right. they are absolutely oh, yeah, yeah. in panic mode. No, so, we, yeah, we, we, we reserve the right to always say that, look, if they decide to go nuts and say, all right, Vince McMahon's going to come out and this guy's going to come out. and then, Like, no, we, we absolutely reserve the right to, to, to pull no. back on that because, no, like, I, this was going to be a historically bad week. I really do believe that. This, with all yeah. the sports coming back, with the trends of the last few weeks, and they knew that. They knew it and said, all right, we got to freaking figure out something. And their idea was let's have Shane McMahon do a uh, you know an underground fight club thing or whatever, and it's it's ridiculous, and but it got curiosity buys, but yeah, or, or curiosity views or whatever, but yeah, it's they're at the point now where the only time that they're going to pop these sort of numbers, I think, is if they do something wild every single week and say, oh my god, you're not going to believe what's going to happen, or like they did you know this week where they false advertised the debut of a new stable and then said, oh sorry, no, not this week actually, sorry. Oh no, they were there. Kind of. I mean. Um, they were there for like 30 seconds. They were there for 30 seconds lighting a generator on fire, which caused batteried microphones to cut out throughout yeah, the show. Yeah, I mean, it, look, look, there's no question it was one of the worst Raws that, like, you know, it's just horrible. It's a horrible Raw. And the, the Shane McMahon stuff is, is comically bad. Um, and that's the thing. Like, you can do this stuff, but if it isn't interesting, then people aren't going to come back. If the, if, the, if the underground fight club stuff was good... Well, you know, then you can build on it and bring it back. But that, based on what it was, I mean, no one's going to want to watch that again. I mean, like, just using you as the example, you now have it out of your system. And, you know, you're just not – I doubt that you'll be back next week because you saw what it is and, and it wasn't good. And I think a lot of people are going to feel that way. But I don't think you're going to see a lot of standard issue Raws moving forward. They're going to have big hooks for all of them. You know, but the, the problem is they have no long-term plan, and that's been their problem for a very long time. Um, and you know, it, it's uh, you're going to see a lot more wackiness. You know, it, it's just funny seeing people who enjoyed the fight, the fight thing. And that's fine if you enjoyed it, but they're like booking. They're like doing fantasy books. Yeah, just don't uh, waste your time, man. It's, wait it's, till it's, we get we can get so and so in there. And, <laughs> it's the, and, the Daniel Bryan dream matches that we were just laughing. Remember that we we had an entire show where we were laughing about these dopes, yeah. listing. Oh, oh, here's twenty matches Daniel Bryan could have. It's like okay, he had a match yeah, with Big Cass and Kane and Braun Strowman, and then he was done. You know what I mean? And Bray I Wyatt. mean, and it's like. Out of those 20, he may have had, like, six of them, and then four of them were bad because of the booking and the finishes. And it's like – and you knew that's how it was going to go down. It's like, don't get all excited about this, you know, fight club stuff because it's going to – it's not going to last a month. I mean, they'll probably do it again next week, and maybe they'll shoot an angle and do it the week after. And, you know, within six weeks, it's going to be gone. I mean, once it no longer pops a number – it's going to be gone. And it didn't pop that great of a number this week. Let's be honest. Rich, it was up over the worst hour in the history of <laughs> yeah, Raw. That's what I mean. Like, it is kind of funny that now we're like, oh, 1.9. Oh, hey, look at that. It's like, that's not good. It's still bad. It's still no, very, that very hour bad. Yeah. was up over the worst hour in the history of Monday Night Raw. And, and they're touting it as a success. And it was barely up over the worst hour in the history of Monday Night Raw. And it was up in weird demographics. Teenage boys 
and women. It was way up. And, like, it was flat with men 18 to 49, like, uh, 24 to 54 or whatever. And it was flat with – and it lost viewers in the over 50. Like, the regular Raw viewer hand-waved it and stopped watching. They were like, I'm not watching this shit. What is this? Right? And it just – it drew enormously in these weird demos that they never attract, which I guess can be viewed as a good thing. But, again, I really think it was just curiosity. And because it was bad, they're not coming back. Um it's kind of a, uh, a dumpster fire of a company right now in all aspects, and that's the only thing that makes it interesting because nothing going on bell-to-bell or storyline-wise is remotely interesting in that company. And don't come at me with Sasha Banks and Bailey because every match that they have has a progressively worse finish. Okay, So I don't give a shit how good their promos are. I don't care how good their matches are, and the matches are fine. Okay, We also go overboard with that. When the finishes are shit, and I know they're going to be shit. Yeah, the salty hammer has, has has definitely on those, like because they were just kind of leaning into it a little bit. Oh, we're kind of heels. I oh, would do a little, and now they've fully every single week is like, how can we have them fuck somebody over even more than they did last week? And it's yeah, it's getting a little annoyed. So the finishes are worse with each progressive match, whether this, they're singles matches or tags. I can't, you're winning tag team titles by count out. I'm supposed to get excited. It's it's bad. It's bad stories. Bad storytelling bad finishes so how can i be excited about it and that's the best stuff going on in the company quite honestly and and that's not good so the only thing interesting about this company right now is the fact that it's a fucking dumpster fire and they're desperate and what wacky shit are they going to do next um got anything else on this or now I'm angry. Now yeah. I'm angry. <laughs> I got and nothing. Now I'm like, now I'm like, Rich, why do you want to talk about I, this? I, I, you didn't want to talk about it's it. just yeah, they're the the raw underground. I mean, I, I, there'll be curiosity at least for me a little bit next week to just see how disaster uh, disastrous it is. But yeah, it was it was pretty wild, and and the retribution stable is I I that I cannot wait to see what they do with that. Um, mostly. And by by can't wait, I mean like just how lame it's gonna be. <laughs> like, if is it is it a fake Antifa? Is it a fake Black Lives Matter? Like, what are they gonna lean into here? Because you know that they're not like that, that with the fucking Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard booking this thing. That it's gonna absolutely be like one of those two, and just be abs- just a, a complete eye roll of what they're gonna sort of perceive rioting in, in America being like. You know, you know what I mean? Like they're gonna try to see it. it you, you, like you know, it's gonna be that, right? Of course. Yeah, Can't and it's they just, terrible. <laughs> here's the thing. Can't they just flicker the lights and fuck with the mics and then not have the wrestlers acknowledge it so it feels at least a little bit organic? But no, every time they flicker the lights or the mic. Is this thing on? What's going on with my yeah. microphone? Pounding it. Yeah, it Doing face fucks Phillips going, oh, yeah. oh, lights are out again. <laughs> lights are and out again. everyone <laughs> looking around at the light. Can't, they, they can't. They cannot help themselves. They can't just let something even be remotely feel even remotely organic they can't they cannot help themselves they have to hit you over the head with it because they think you're stupid and they think you're a kid but you're really a 54 year old guy that, <laughs> right. that, that, you know what i mean like they think children are watching and they have to explain everything in actuality it's just 55 year old dudes no it's the guy in rich's office in the cubicle next to him who tries to talk about yeah raw he has not liked raw lately i will tell you that he goes uh, i saw him the other day and he goes hey you watch the wrestling and i said no i I just told him I didn't because I didn't want to start the conversation. He goes, right, eh, right. it was stupid. They had some fighting thing. I didn't get it. And then he left the bathroom. Went, okay. <laughs> That's the guy. That's who's watching. <laughs> right. They think it's children, you know, and it's not. They, and then they, and they're explaining all this shit to that guy, you know, a grown man, you know. 
Uh, what do we get? Let's move off of this. Yeah, what, it's, what it's done. Let, let's get. Let, let's talk about Dragon Gate, Joe. You ready to talk Dragon Gate? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm looking at my watch here. This is not the third hour, sir. I know. But we, if we if we wait if we wait we're gonna we're gonna ruin it. we can't do this we can't do this E I T A has won the title Joe we can't skip this ah uh, famous bits from the past <laughs> you know you know what I notice what what happened what's happening a lot we've turned over a lot of listeners because a lot of our old bits people are like what are you doing yeah which is good I, I'm glad but what is that and then other people have to explain to them oh that's something they did in. 2013, and then the other person will be like, "I wasn't even watching wrestling in 2013. I wasn't listening to that." That's the thing that gets me when when like they'll say when they started watching wrestling, like I started watching in 2016, and I'm like, "Oh God!" Like I kind of assume we have all of like our same listeners that we've had from 2013 on. Uh, But yeah, there's a bunch of new people and and new people like new wrestling people too. That I'm like, man, that bit that we did three years ago, you have no idea what we're talking about here. Yeah, so I mean, sometimes I think we do this stuff, and people have no idea what we're talking about. Let's keep it that way. Let's keep them in the dark and not explain. Yeah, we to can't anyone. do. We can't rag on WWE for doing it and exactly explain the bit that we're doing. Subtlety. Look it up on your oh. own, or ask around. Ask on the Discord. Somebody will tell you. If you don't know what spelling out Ata is emanated from, then tough shit. Look it up yourself. Figure it out, you dork. Uh, so let's uh, talk about Eita. He is the new Dreamgate champion. Um, we've come a long way, Rich. We've seen this young boy come up uh, from the beginnings of this show and uh, come back as a millennial and uh, come back and do his uh, excursion as EITA. And now he is the Open the Dreamgate champion. And I do have to say, during the rise of Ata, a lot of hardcore Dragon Gate fans did not like this man. I was always behind Ata. I was always like, I like his heel act. I think he's a, a fun little prick. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, 
Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm behind this rise. Now, I did not think he was going to win the title from uh, Naruki Doi the other night. I cannot sit here and lie and tell you that I was confident he was going to win that match. But um, I'm not against this. I think that this was a booking plan that uh, I think was a long-term thing for them. And they stuck to it. You know, they stuck to their guns and they did it. And uh, the way that the match played out, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, uh, leaves open a lot of uh, uh, pretty cool possibilities, too. So um, what are your thoughts on EITA? Yeah, so I, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the match here in a bit. But, yeah, as far as the rise, like, I, I've always been a pretty big fan of, of Ata. Not necessarily, like, the biggest fan in the world. Like, I, I, the thing with him, I like his character, I think, a little bit more than I like his in-ring. Um, which is not, not to discredit his in-ring. His in-ring is pretty damn good. But I've always thought his character work was a little bit higher uh, than his in-ring, and it feels like in the last year or so that that has kind of caught up at the exact same time, that, that that now we feel like we finally have a guy who, you know, the character has linked up pretty well with his wrestling, because I thought, yeah, wrestling-wise, he, he hung in there with Ruki Doi um, every step of the way, and it's obviously a different style than, than like, a Ruki Doi or a Yoshino, or, you know what I mean? It's, it's not necessarily, like, a, a crazy fast-paced style. It's a little bit more ground, a little more grapple-based, uh, uh, but, yeah, it works really well, and he's he's just a great chicken shit. You know, you know, he, he, leader of the, the 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 red faction. You know, kind of the, the the most prominent voice of the red faction. It's one of these things where, like, I really do wish I knew Japanese or that people were still translating promos because he's one of those guys, Joe. And I, I know you have this all the time. We've talked about this all the time. But like, he grabs a microphone and I listen, and I just know it is a good promo, but I don't know what he like. He could be saying the absolute dorkiest shit in the world, but doesn't he feel like he's a good promo? He's a good promo, right? He just comes across like a fucking asshole. He's got to be a good promo, right? Like, I don't know what... It's, like, it's one of these dudes that, like... Like, I don't know. Like, everybody tells me, like, Ben Case is, like, a big idiot. But, like, he comes across and he yells, and I'm like, ah, that's fine. Yeah, that sounds good to me. But they're like, no, the things he's saying are, like, ridiculous. He's just an idiot. And I'm like, right, well, I don't care. Like, you know, the way I'm watching it, he seems like he's great. Like, and Aids is that way for me, too. So I got to imagine, if they're putting him in, like, a main event slot, if he's winning the main title, if he's leading the main heel faction, he's got to be a good promo, right? He's got to be. <laughs> it's just, you know... Or T-Hawk was always that way in Dragon Gate as well. When, do we when he come on the mic, people would be like, yeah, no, he's just, he's bad. <laughs> he's saying, the things he's saying suck, and they don't make any sense or whatever. But I feel like AIDS is a pretty good promo, so I'm going to go with that. But no, I think, um, yes, is, is I just think it's been a really good run, a really fun run to watch. And, and I've been kind of invested in this guy for a few years as well. There was the, uh, what was it, the Dragon Kid feud, right? Uh, that happened all through last year that I really enjoyed a lot of the matches that those guys had uh, as well. So, yeah, a little bit of a shock to the system to have him win the title. But, you know, he's leading the main heel faction, and, and he's an up-and-comer, and, and I'm all for it. Like, that's, you know, we'll talk about it throughout as we talk about a little bit more of Memorial Gate, but I'm all in favor of, like, the young guys in Dragon Gate getting, you know, more pushes and, and, and more spots because I think that that company, you know, over the last few years has, has relied a little bit too much on the older guys, and I think it's time to kind of move over and, and, and let those young guys take it, uh, you know, take the reins. So, uh, eight to win in the title and hopefully having a long reign is, is I'm totally cool with it. Well, we've been talking about these generations rising up 
for a while now. And, and then I think we got a little impatient with them. And you have to remember that it doesn't happen overnight. I think sometimes we all get a little impatient. But they pulled the trigger on Ben K. And I think, you know, by all accounts, that was a success. And, uh, you know, he's down on the card now. But that's the way Dragon Gate books. You know, they'll, they'll cycle you down. I mean, he is a, a, a champion. I mean, he's a Triangle Gate champion. He doesn't come across as lesser in that role at all. Um, and now they pull the trigger on Ato, which, um, you know, I'm all about that. And I, I know a lot of people are tired of the red stuff and I get tired of it too, but you know, the way this match went down and with, you know, the cage coming up where they usually do their big angle. Um, there's a lot of speculation that either, you know, it was the, these were the beginning of the planting of the seeds for red to turn against him. Or, you know, there'll be a big swerve and, and he'll lead a turn against someone else. But I think it's it's more likely that uh, that he ends up going face, even though it would be more obvious. But the way he won the title and the way he won his first title, it, 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 it was deliberately shenanigans free. You know, with him, you know, they did the ref bump and his stable mates slide the chair to him, but he refuses it. Yeah. And that was a key point in the match. And that was the point in the match where I was like, oh, he has a chance to win. Right. I, I had still... the exact point that that is the exact point where I said, oh, boy, here we go. Because if the guy runs in and, the, you know, the red the stable runs in and they all do their little train move or they all, you know, go in there and hit the clotheslines and do the chair shot, then I'm like, all right, Doi's winning this match for sure. 100% he's going to come back and, and win. But the second he turned them away and said, no, 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 I don't need all this help, that's when I was like, oh, okay, all right, now I'm in. Now I'm invested again. Yeah, I wasn't convinced he was winning. I was still shocked when he won. But it was like, oh, he has a chance because this is the kind of thing you would do, you know, where it's like, all right, he's he's going to try to win it clean. But you still see heels lose sometimes when they do that, you know. But then when he kicked out of like all of Doi's big shit, that was another clue. Yeah, the it's muscular like, bomb. He kicked out of the fucking muscular bomb, which like, dude, that doesn't happen very kicked, often. He not only kicked out of it, he like barely avoided a broken neck. That was fucking sick looking. Um, he got folded in half a couple times. He got folded in half in that match, and uh, you know it was it, you know it's the kind of match where it was really it, it's the kind of match where you have to put down your phone number one, and it's particularly hard because it really gets off to a slow start. It's a slow burn, but you do get the payoff. Like a lot of Dreamgate matches, it starts slow with a lot of grappling. Uh, we've talked about it for years, Rich how the Dreamgate matches are sort of different than the rest of the house style. They try to work them like legitimate, uh, traditional uh, Puro world title matches. Right. And a lot of times it doesn't work. And halfway through this match, I was like, this match just isn't working. But then it's like a slow burn, and it ended up uh, being a tremendous match with uh, when the story all came together. Um you know, and 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 Ata's, uh, uh body part work ended up uh, factoring into the finish when he got the tap, surviving all of Doi's big shit, refusing the help from his stablemates, refusing to use the chair, and then when he won, it like the whole story just comes together like this great recipe. It's like and everything that happened in the match ended up all making sense in the final result. So I came away with it. And thinking it was a great match when while I'm watching it, I didn't think it was a great like I didn't think I was watching a great match until the final moments. And then I'm like, no, this is really great work. 
yeah, it was, it was, I think a really, really good match. Um, and I'm right with you, too. Like, the first half of the match kind of bored me a little bit, and, and I expect it. Like, that's how those Dreamgate matches are, and it, it's a common criticism, so I'm not, I don't need to bring it up again. We bring it up every time we watch these Dreamgate matches, and at this point, like, I expect it, so it's, like, one of these things where it's just like, all right, fine, and, and I'm the same way, especially with the no, you know, no uh, commentary option, which is, I, I, I think, yeah, there, there was no commentary on this at all, right? It wasn't just, because I watched it on Dragon Gate. Uh, service and I don't know if I had a different file than everybody else, but no single cam too, which hurt to me hurt the show and did hurt the match to some extent. Yeah, because that's that's I'm, I'm like, all right, well, I'm watching this thing, but I'm kind of bored and like the crowd's not really making a lot of noise. It's as you said, it's single cam. There's no audience and or there's no crowd making much noise. There's no announcers. And I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, like, and then like by the last part of the match, you know, the last. 15 minutes of the match you don't care whatsoever that there's no crowd or it's single cam or it's in a weird arena and there's no commentators because it's that good the work is that good uh, and you're investing in the story and you're buying into the story and 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 uh, i thought in rookie doi who yeah it's like fucking timeless at this point too another great performance by him uh but uh yeah huge credit to eight to two as you said for taking those those bumps and 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 like you said getting folded in half like every single time like nearly trying to break his neck uh and surviving because it told a really cool story too that he could survive those things survive you know naruki doi's best shots and and not just you know naruki doi's best moves but like naruki doi doing those best moves but also dropping you on your fucking head and like dropping you on your neck and he survived all that and 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 lived to fight and lived to fight and lived to fight uh before he eventually won so yeah i'm, I'm really interested to see and of course, what happens in the cage deal, uh, whether they turn on him, he turns on those, there's somebody that gets kicked out, like, that's going to happen, of course, we know that that's, you know, that's the point of the cage matches, that someone's getting turned on, uh, someone's getting kicked out of a stable, someone's doing something, so um, I'm excited to see that, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited about Dragon Gate moving forward, because I, I really like the idea of Eita with the, with the title here, I, I, I just, I, I, you know, I never really, it's not to say I didn't like Naruki Doi as a champion, uh, but I was a little weary of, of a win in it just because, again, like I, I just want the young guys in Dragon. There's so many good, talented young guys that I want those guys to get these big spots, want these guys to be in the main events. So, you know, when Ben K loses it, I'm like, oh, man, it's like, when the rookie Doi, like, what are we doing here? And I think Doi's been a great champion. He's been a lot of fun, but I'm really excited to see this next chapter and hope that, you know, this does kind of set the stage for, for you know, Dragon Gate to really let those the, the young stars of their company uh, rise and, and, and take the top spots. It's coming. They're working no, on it. No, I know. I know. I mean, this is now two of them now uh, that have won the title, and it, it's like you know, and I, I, you know, and I think in a lot of ways that Shingo and Shima and Tazawa leaving and all that, and you know, the rest of the guys Shima uh, took with him opened up some of the spots a little faster than maybe it normally would have happened. And we talk about it all the time when promotions are forced to do different things, they often go through their best creative periods. You know, we've seen it in Dragon uh, in New Japan after some of these exoduses that they've had, where they they've turned it up creatively and then have had some great periods. You know, uh, when you're when when you can no longer be complacent, and when you have to make moves. And I think, in a lot of ways, all of us were a little impatient with some of these uh, uh, younger, uh, you know, groups of uh, wrestlers that have come through the last couple of generations in Dragon Gate. But it's paying off. I mean, to me. When I look at um, when I look at Ben K, I mean he still pops off the screen as someone who comes across like a star, and I think that this title win for Ata is going to do uh, uh, you know similar things for him. He's now a made guy because he's been a, a Dreamgate champion. I don't know about him as a face. I'll have to see if if they turn him number one and how the angle comes across because I really love him as a heel. And I know that's not like a super popular opinion, at least in our circle, you know, when it comes to, you know, uh, the case lows and the Mike Spears and, and our people do the best job anywhere on oh earth. Oh my God. Can you, can we track. talk about cases article that he wrote here on a I mean, unfucking touched nobody, no other website 
on earth can do that. What, what he no. did for that Ata piece. And, and it's not just the review. It's, it's, it's a, it's a history of Ata and what led to, to this title win. And if you want to catch up and start jumping into dragon gate and know what's up with this, Ata, you know, read cases review of this show because, you know, the first, you know, thousand words get you all caught up on, on what Ata went through to get here. He did not have a clear path to the top. I mean, this was a long winding road for this guy. And, um, you know, it, it looked as though at points he'd be lost in the shuffle. And there were a lot of people that weren't even behind this push, you know, uh, uh, you know, leading up to this. So, you know, and, and yeah, Case did a phenomenal job. And the Open the Voice Gate podcast is, is phenomenal. And nobody does it like Case and Mike. And, you know, even people in the industry recognize that yeah, because Dragon Gate those guys, guys too. when it comes to help. Yeah, people inside Dragon Gate and people inside the industry go to those guys when they need help with dragon gate. So um, just a phenomenal job uh, out of those guys as always. But um, did you just watch the main event or did you watch the rest of the show? Uh, no, no, no. I saw, I saw the entire show. So we can, uh, so we can quickly go through it. Yeah, then. Yeah. Um, I-, I didn't love the show. I no, think. I was going to say, I don't have a ton of thoughts about the other matches. That's yeah, why because we could go pretty quick. Is, like, most people love the show and we're like, this was a great show. I don't know if it was the single cam or what it was, but I did not think this was a great show. And I had, I'll be honest, it had a hard time holding my attention through most of it. Um, I just thought a lot of the matches were just there. Then there was a lot of uh, stuff that was very interesting, like KZ squashing Kanda, which, okay, you expect KZ to win that match. Richie beat him in like two minutes. It's a squash match. Yeah, yeah, three minutes and 14 seconds, which is very rare. Uh, and Dragon Gate. This that, was like, a television. It was KZ. a television yeah. squash. Yeah, it's a TV squash. Is basically what it was, and you know, so that obviously is meaningful and sets up KZ for something. Um, my other takeaways, you know, you had the uh, the tornado tag elimination match. I mean, I don't know. I struggled with. It. I know people. It's weird. I know that people really like this match. I think it was it's a like, mess. Yeah, I, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> I, I didn't love it either. I mean. Um, and the twin gate, the, the problem with the twin gate match and, um, new champs here, Jason Lee and Kota, uh, Minora are the new champs and good for Jason Lee and all that. The problem is rich. I struggle with BB Hulk now to the point where he stinks. He's bad. No, he's he's flat. He's a flat out bad pro wrestler. And I, I can't get into his matches. Yeah, so, when, Ka- when Kazuma Sakamoto is like the worker of your team, that's probably not a good thing in Dragon Gate. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's not. Yeah, Hulk is is, and I, I've I've like I've never really liked BB Hulk, but like I, unquestionably, like ten years ago, he was awesome. You know what I mean? Like I just never liked the look. I was never a big fan of his, but I respected the work and I knew it. Like he's so washed at this point. And the looks terrible. The, the looks bad. The wrestling is bad. The persona. It's just all of it's really bad. And it it. it I really, he's like one of those guys that I just no longer think needs to get pushed ever again in, in this company. And that's, you know, I hate to do that. I hate to send a guy like out to pasture and that's fine. He can go work undercards he can go work all this sort of stuff. But he's a guy that, you know, I'm so glad they lost these titles and, and, you know, Jason Lee and, and, and Minora uh, won them because those are two, again, young guys that, that, that feel like they have potential. And BB Hulk is a guy who's just, he just feels so washed up at this point that, yeah, it, 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 you know, it's kind of sad in, 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 in one respect. Um, but yeah, it's, and what's, what sucks too is like Yoshino's like retiring and like, yeah, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not coming back. Like I'm definitely retiring. This is my last year and he still can fucking go. You know what I mean? The dude had like a fucking, what should have ended career, a career ending injury and comes back. He's fine. Like he's not, you know, maybe, you know, peak 
Masato Yoshino, but he's still really damn good. And then you got PB Hulk who's like, nah, I'm good. I'll, I'll just hang around for more. And you're like, oh, man, but you're washed. You can't do anything. Like, he's really banged up. I mean, I, I, I don't want to come down too hard on the guy, but it doesn't mean I have to like to watch him either. You know, that's really what it comes down to. But, I mean, you look at the trend on this show. Okay, you talked about, okay, Eita, the young guy, finally beats, you know, one of the original generations, wins the title. And KZ, same thing, squashes one of the one of the older guys. The Twin Gate, same thing. Two younger guys win the tag titles from BB Hulk. The the and then you look at that uh, the six man match: Ben K, Dragon Dia, and Strong Machine J. Right, three of the younger generation. And who do they beat? Masato Yoshino, uh, Saito, and and Susumu Yokozuka. In that, there was a trend on this show. And it was uh, a message that they were sending with the younger generation guys picking up a lot of big and definitive wins over the older generation guys. So I don't think that can be overlooked. Um, So as far as the booking of the show goes, I thought it was a really well-booked show with a lot of good decisions made. And you leave the show with, with a lot of excitement for what's to come. What's going to happen with Ata and Red, with him refusing their help? How's he going to come across as champion? What's up with KZ winning a squash, which you never see in this company in a mid-card match like right. that? Um, there's, you know, so, you know, you know there, there's a lot of um, good questions moving forward coming out of a show like this, even if I didn't think it was a great bell-to-bell show. Um, so, you, you know, th- this kind of... Uh, has me looking forward to what's to come. Absolutely, and and I will say that you know the case uh, article that we said it's you know you can look at it. it's Ata's improbable rise you know Dragon Gate Memorial Gate uh, results and review which is, is is a good one to check out just because it, it has a recap of the show but also Ata's journey uh, and there's probably a lot of people listening here that either have only seen a little bit of Ata or haven't seen too much and I think Case does a pretty good job of talking about some of his most famous matches and and this kind of relates to what we did on the deep dive uh, recently but uh, the the one that, that really I think put him on the map and I know one that we talked about at length. Uh, when it happened was that uh, Super J Cup when they brought the Super J Cup back and him and Liger had a match that was just fucking great. So uh, if you're if you are looking for uh, some eight to matches, kind of catch up on a watch, that is definitely one of them. But there's there's several others from Dragon Gate as well. If you kind of want to you know check some out and you know tag matches the Big R Shimizu, uh, there was a match with Ricochet many many years ago as well. I mentioned the Dragon Kid uh, feud which I really liked. I know it was a little. A little divisive at the time, but I really like that one. But, uh, yeah, there's plenty to watch if, if you want to catch up on Aita and kind of get on board with, you know, all that he, he, he can bring. But, yeah, he's 28 years old, and, and yeah, this is a, a huge, huge moment for him and, and for Dragon Gate. The, dra- the Dragon Kid feud, I think, was two years ago, not last year. And that's just a minor correction. Okay, was it? Yeah, maybe I lost track. I don't think time. it was. Well, I might be wrong, but I don't no, think it was. No, you're right. Like, I think that was still it was when it was still Dragon Gate 2. Yeah, I, I think that might have been before the rebrand. Because they had a hair match, didn't they have a hair match? They did, yeah, it match. ended with a hair match, but I, yeah, I forget when that exactly happened. So you, you might be right, it might have been two years ago now at this point. I think it was 18, I think it was 18, but uh, that's neither here nor there. I'm not trying to be a pedantic fuck, but uh, yeah, they did feud, but I do think it was two years ago and not last year. But um, yeah, that was the uh, Dragon Gate, uh, what was that, Memorial Gate? Memorial Gate, one? yeah, that's up on uh, Dragon Gate Live. The uh, Dragon Gate Live service is a little clunky, though, so it might be by the time Is you... it up on there, or is it not up? It is on there, but it might go away. They have the weird thing where it's up for, like, a week, and then it goes away. So if you don't watch something immediately, and then it goes away, and then you can't watch it for, like, a month or something. So I don't know if it's still on there, so. Fuck that service. It was on, uh, it was on there as of yesterday when I watched it, but uh, I don't know if I, when I finished up the show, but. Um, I will say, despite saying fuck that, they do have a lot of old, they've been putting up a lot of retro stuff 
as well, which is pretty cool. They have the uh, they have a series where they interview a guy and talk about one of their famous matches, which was really cool. It was like a Doi Shingo match uh, that I watched the other day that was awesome. I, f- I forget what it was. It was 2009 or something like that. It was fucking incredible. It's Shingo and Doi in 2009. Like, you know, it's going to be great. And, and uh, they have all the Kobe worlds up there. They have a lot of old uh, uh, Dragon Gate up there. Uh, as well, and they're they're adding more and more to it, and and there's a little bit of more English language. So uh, there's some stuff that I really don't like about that service, but there there is some stuff that I do like as well. So it's expensive as hell. It's like twenty dollars a month. It's a tough, yeah, it's a it's tough like, blow when I, I get that email and it's in all Japanese, and I go, ah, oh, fuck, <laughs> that's not good. I just paid a, eighteen dollars or whatever to these fucking guys for. That's a lot of yen. That's a lot of fucking yen. It's expensive as hell. The shows disappear. It stinks. So. uh Lands a sail on the high seas when it comes to the Dragon Gate. I'm not even going to lie. Fair. I can't. I can't. But, uh, can't hate you on that one. So, but yeah, that's the uh, Dopey Gate Memorial Gate. Well, Memorial Gate, right? <laughs> Memorial was not called Dopey Gate. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Open they, they the Dopey Gate. <laughs> Maybe they should have it open the Dopey Gate. Right? Yeah, Stalker. Maybe. Stalker could win it. That, that's where he's he's he he rules. You know, Stalker rules in that that division, the Dopey Gate division. Yeah, there was no Stalker on this show. I haven't seen Stalker in a while. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Probably getting picked on on the tour bus. <laughs> let's get to uh, let's get to New Japan here. Real quickly, uh, before we talk about the never-open-weight six-man tag team title tournament, which, by the way, yeah. thank you, everybody. Gato, thank you for listening, and thank you, listeners, or, or you're welcome, listeners, you, what for you getting you guys. What you need to say yeah. is, you're welcome. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Gato, for listening to us. Thank you, you know, Kadani, for listening to us. You're welcome, listeners, for getting the six-man tournament happening. So. Well, here's the thing, Rich. I don't know what you're talking about. I, for one, never lost faith in New Japan. And... <laughs> I Some that said they, that Gator was washed and needed to be sent off to sea, but not you, I not Joe Lanza. As a canceled man once said, delete the tapes. Okay, I don't remember saying that. Um, another callback to many years ago. Do you even remember the delete the tapes reference? I don't Some know if I remember the delete the tapes reference, to be honest. Oh, that's a good one. That was uh, our now canceled friend over at Uproxx. Oh, right, 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 right. Went to the Lucha Underground taping. And they did some kind of angle. What was the angle? And um, he allegedly stood up in the middle of the taping and demanded that they delete the tapes. I can't believe you don't remember that. <laughs> I do kind of briefly remember that now. I wonder what. It might have been some intergender match and the woman lost or something. I don't know. Something stupid. Oh, my God. If you type in delete the tapes, the first thing that comes up is a Reddit thread that says, yeah. why does Voices of Wrestling keep referencing delete the tape on Lucha Underground? Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Well, there you go. Nah, just... uh, nobody adds any sort of. Uh, uh, somebody says maybe because they edit the fuck out of their product, and then I just wrote, "Hmm, that's it." So I knew in 2015 know. what it was. But... Yeah, no, that's uh, no, that was our now uh, canceled friend from Uprox. Our, our friend that should be in that... jail. That, uh, that still apparently is not. That's in jail, right. So. Uh, demanding that they delete the tapes. Uh, what what could have been so didn't... bad? I wonder what could have been so bad that. Someone listening is going to remember. An old school listener will remember the specifics because I don't. But it was like, I don't know, something to do with intergender or something, though. And he didn't like the way an angle went down. I can't remember. But he stood up in the middle and disrupted. Not not don't air that, but delete the tape. Burn those tapes. They can't exist anymore. (laughs) He disrupted the tapings and demanded that they delete the tapes. And. You know, other people that were there were DMing us and alerting us that it was like the craziest shit they've ever seen. Like, where does this guy get off? Like, who does he think he is? You know, well. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, uh, ironically, he has now been deleted. Yeah, so, good. So delete um, those tapes. Um, anyway. His tapes have been deleted. So, um, yeah, I for one, look, I never lost faith in New Japan. 
Um, I would, you know, I, I was cautiously opt, I was cautiously optimistic last week that they would turn this ship around. And, uh, I, 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 you know, so the bag man hurt us clearly and got us in contact with the G man. And, uh, we got things done for the listeners. So we've got a never open weight six man tournament, which is already underway. I haven't seen it yet. And then we've got the, uh, new Japan cup USA, rich, which starts on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Both these look awesome. I'm, I'm into both of these. Like I, I, again, I don't know if it's because like, we're just starved for anything with new Japan. That's uh, exactly what it is. It, it absolutely is. Because, like, why am I excited about this never open weight six man? Like, I shouldn't be. But I am because, as we said last week, we just want stakes. We just want something that That's means it. something. <laughs> Thank you. Just matches that are meaningful. That's all. Because then I can excuse you for the circumstances you're in with how having half your roster and everything. As long as you're giving me something that matters and has some stakes, then I can say, okay, this might not be the greatest tournament ever, and the matches might not look super appealing on paper, but at least you're doing something, and you're filling your your vacant title, and you're 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 putting effort, you're getting creative. That's all we asked for last week. You know, all stick aside, you go back and listen. Yeah, maybe we're upset, but at the end of the day, we were just asking for creativity and a little effort, and that's what this is. These tournaments aren't the greatest tournaments on earth. You know, but it's something with stakes that we can sink our teeth into. And that's really um, all we were asking for. And that's what they're now delivering. So um, I heard mixed reports about the first cork and I heard one of the six man title matches was good and the other was atrocious. And as far as the New Japan Cup USA, you know, airing on the new New Japan Strong show, which is the successor to New Japan Collision, which was a great show. Um, you know, those brackets, it's Carl Fredericks versus Kenta Rich, which was originally set for the original new japan cup there's right. a reason they're doing that match again so you know and then there's jeff cobb tangaloa david finley versus chase owens and brody king versus tamatanga so let me ask you if they're redoing that match which they intended to do in japan which by the way carl fredericks was going to be in his non-young boy gimmick for the original new japan cup as he revealed to kevin kelly about a month ago so it wasn't going to be a young boy match the first time around. He's obviously not a young boy anymore in this one. He lost the singles match to Cobb. So you look at this Kenta match, and a lot of people think this is going to be an upset, especially since Cobb would be the opponent, and he can and they could do the Fredericks-Cobb rematch in the next round. Um, what do you make of all this? Do you see it going down that way? I don't think we're ready for that just yet. I, I, I wouldn't mind that story, but I would do it with somebody different than a Kenta. Does that make sense? I just I don't know if I love. It. If it was Tamatonga, I would say absolutely he's beating Tamatonga. Beating Kenta, I don't know. It would seem a little too early for that. I I think that Kenta is still protected to some extent in that company. That I don't know that 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 I would have Carl Fredericks beat Kenta. The last time we saw Kenta, he was getting a double title shot. So you know your point stands that he's kind of high up in the pecking order. But the thing about it is, is it's Carl's nat. It's a natural rival because. It's the whole Kenta Shibata thing, right? So there's still – that's like a feud that was going on what felt like ages ago but was only a few months ago where the LA Dojo guys are kind of feuding with Kenta. So it kind of makes sense from a storyline perspective to have Carl beat Kenta, but it doesn't make sense from the perspective that you're talking where it seems like too big of a win for Carl Fredericks right now. Yeah, there's a lot of other guys in this tournament that like Tango Loa. Absolutely. Uh, Tama Tonga, absolutely. I think he can beat him. David Finley, Chase Owens, I absolutely think you can beat him. 
Uh, Brody King, I think, you know, depending on how they want to push him, I think you could probably do that if you really wanted to. Um, Kenta, I don't, Kenta just seems like a bridge too far to me. I don't know. I, maybe they'll do it. It is the New Japan Cup, even though it's New Japan Cup USA. They, they do like doing upsets there. And like you said, it would set up perfectly for a Cobb Fredericks, you know, second round matchup. But I just, I, I just can't see Kenta being the guy. Like you said, when the last we saw Kenta, he was on the precipice of, of, you know, challenging for both titles. I just don't see him losing to a, you know, a freshly minted, you know, roster member in, in, in Carl Fredericks. Yeah. I mean, he did challenge for both titles. He had, you know, he lost. Oh, that's but, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, it was so long ago. I forget so, what happened. In the old days, Joe, that might have all been eight months ago. I mean, with Cobb right there in the next bracket, though, it just screams, you know, rematch. But then do you – do you, does Cobb then beat him twice in a row? Because if he doesn't, then Fredericks is in the final. Is that too much too soon for a guy who was a young lion 10 minutes That's ago? what I meant. Like, he, he's – let's build it up a little bit. Like, he, he finally, you know, was able to wear the gear and he's got the tassels and all that sort of stuff. That's the first step. You, you know what I mean? That's the first step in, 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 the, in the, the progression of a young lion let's not maybe get to, like, he goes to the fucking finals of the New Japan Cup just yet. Like, let's let's cool it down a little bit let him have something to sort of achieve down the line. So that that's where I think he maybe he has a really good match with Kenta. Maybe he's got a few hope spots. Maybe the, 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 the you know, the build can be, oh, my God, he's going to have a chance to face, you know, Jeff Cobb again in the second round if Cobb wins or whatever. But then he just doesn't do it and, and Kenta eventually beats him. I think that's probably a better story to tell uh, than having that upset. It just seems a lot, a, a way, way too much too soon, I think, for Carl Fredericks. So. Counterpoint. We've seen guys come out of their excursions before and get rocket packed. Right. So, I mean, you're not saying you'd be stunned if he beats Kenta. You just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like again, I wouldn't be floored if it happened. I just, I don't know that if I was booking, I would do it, and I don't know that um, I'd really predict it either. If I was predicting, I would, I'd probably still have Kenta win in this one. I've heard some people say he already lost to Cobb in the singles match. You can't beat him again. I call bullshit. I think he can lose a lot right now because he's not pushed yet. So it's like you can flip the switch and push him whenever you want. I don't think losing this soon out of being a young lion is something that's going to hurt you long term. No, no, not at all. No, he could definitely lose to Kenta and it's okay. Um, Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I feel like it's highly suspicious that they've booked the same match again. And I feel like Gato wants to tell that whatever story he wanted to tell, he's determined to tell it. And that kind of gives me, I'm pick. I think he's going to win. I think he's going to beat Kenta. I think because of that reason, doing the match over again, I think it feels like they're insistent on telling this story, whatever the story is going to be. And, and the fact that he would face Cobb in the next round. And I think that they'll do that rematch. Um, And, you know, and I, I think he'll beat Cobb too. Am I crazy? I think he's going to the final. Wow, there it is. I, hey, you know what? I'm fine with it. I, I'm, I'm fine putting the rocket pack, uh, rocket pack on him. But uh, yeah, that seems that seems like a lot. Is he winning the finals? What's he doing then? Are you having winning the whole fucking thing then? Well, look at the other side. That's I, no. Wh- whoever's going to win is going to come from the side, whether it be Kenta Cobb or Fredericks for sure. Well, you. I mean, we don't know how much they like Brody King. That's true. Would it be? I mean, I don't think Brody King winning this. And then facing Moxley whenever the fuck for the U.S. title on destruction in fucking Bipu is out of the question, is it? It seems like a lot, but no, they do like Brody King, I, I think, I hope. <laughs> you know, it makes sense that he'd be on the tournament. Right, so, yeah. Look, I'm not saying as a main event, like third right, right, from right. the top. Yeah, no, 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 not at all. Like third from the top on the middle destruction show if there's three of them. Like I could see them doing Like, look, we all know no one's going to be in Japan by October or whenever, but I'm just saying hypothetically, 
Um, you know, I, I don't think that's wild if they like the guy. And I and listen, best of Super Juniors when he was cornering Marty Skrull. I, I'm on tape reviewing all those shows behind the paywall. I knew that they liked the guy. You could tell that they liked him and that there was a good chance he was going to be back. And here we are. He's back. And if they like him, then why not push him in something like this? Right. You think he's coming in to lose to Tamatanga in the first round? Right. No. I mean, he, I mean, he could, but why? Then why bring him in? I right, mean, right, right. It'd be worthless. No, he, he's got to be beating Tamatanga. I feel like it's going to be Frederick St. Brody King in the final. Yeah, I know that sounds insane. Right, yeah. I mean, that sounds nuts. Yeah, but, I, th- okay. I think I have Kenta winning this. I, I don't think you can have Kenta lose in the first round. It is the cup, Look, though, and it is like the New Japan strong thing, so I guess. Kenta's the smart play, okay? Um, I would probably be getting crazy odds on my Carl Fredericks Brody King final. You would, yes. <laughs> and, and you know, you're betting the fucking one to two shot in the Kentucky Derby here. I mean, you're, 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 you're <laughs> the favorite. Okay. I I'll attach it. I'll parlay it. I'll do it. I'll do a trifecta. Don't worry about it. I, I don't find a way to make money on that. Huh? You find a way to make money on that. So you'll pair up Kento with a wacky final. Yeah, exactly. Say. Yeah. I, I want the Kenta chase Owens final is what you'll say. Hey, now chase Owens taking on David Finley. As we know, chase Owens is the Don Jardine of these new Japan tournaments. <laughs> That's right. He okay. can, he can go to the finals too, man. I can see, I yeah. see Kenta chase Owens. I could, that might be that might be my play if I was gambling. I would I would I would pair Kenta winning the whole thing with with Kenta versus Chase Owens in the main in the final. Why not? I mean, a bevy of upsets in all sorts of tournaments for Chase Owens. I mean, all throughout history, going back five years. So uh, maybe you make money on that. But I don't know. Listen, let's have a little fun with it. I, I say Carl Fredericks Brody King, and I, I'm going to take. Now, if you're going to have Fredericks beat Kenta. And get his win back against Jeff Cobb. It's kind of a wet fart. Then yeah, he should fight, probably right? win the whole fucking thing. Then right. Uh, I'm not against it, man. They love him, and I love him. So, you know, he's got a T-shirt. He's got a new look. He's obviously he's clearly the star of this entire shows, right? And it, yeah, absolutely. Even in, even when, even though he loses, you know, he might have lost to Cobb, but it still didn't matter. Like the focus was the on Carl Fred. Built around him, right? Yeah, it's built around him. No question. Um. I guess if Brody King beats Tamatanga and beats David Finley, then he doesn't really need to win the whole thing. You've already told us, okay, he's a he's a player, right? Fuck it, Carl Fredericks. There is it is. The there it is. Get some balls. That? Get some balls. Let's go. How about that? So this is official. Are you locking it in? Oh, the slap was official, right? Uh, that's the lock-in. I'm yep. locking it in. I'm going with Carl Fredericks. Did you know that Alex Kozlov is doing commentary? <laughs> I did see that. Yeah, a little, a little Alex Kozlov yeah. action. There we go. They're bringing him in. So he's Forever getting back Hooligans. in the mix, too. Listen, I'm into this. I'm going to be on this every Friday like I was with Collision. This oh, is Collision a lot ruled. Of yeah, Collision was awesome. Just no, you know, no nonsense, no bullshit. Promos backstage, videos, boom, guys come out, they wrestle, they go to the back. That's that's all yeah. I want. Not wrestling. That's all I want. They it's walk down a little dumb fucking ramp that not. Nah, I don't need fireworks. I don't need pyro. I don't need fire. They walk down a ramp. They hand their gear over. The bell rings and they fight. And then they walk down the ramp and they go to the back. That's it. One guy. One guy gets his hand raised and goes to the pay window, and the other guy's slapping the mat and he's gonna try harder next week. That's all I want. It's all I need out of a show like that. Rich, no garrote wires to be found. <laughs> None. I didn't see a single garrote wire. In the four-week run. I don't think there was one ref bump that I I could recall. 
Was there? I don't. I don't remember any of them. I mean, unfortunately, oh, I now we have Tama Tonga and Tangaloa, so I don't know if that's gonna that's gonna continue. But we'll see. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Watch this be an absolute fucking disaster <laughs> this week. You know. But uh, I, I've much enjoyed not having these two men in my life uh, over the last few months. But they're back, so we'll see. Yeah, goes, we'll have uh, new. That song. <laughs> you, know, you just know it's going to be boring and bad. The fucking Tama Tonga song. Ugh. The thing about it is there are matches with stakes, though. And I can tolerate a two-star special because I'm going to be on the edge of my seat because it means something. Right. That It just helps so much when the matches mean something. You know, it just... It, it just... It just... It helps so much. And, and that's what we're getting here. Even with these dopey never open weight six man matches on the Corrigans. I would have blown off these Corrigans if not for that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. These were total blow off shows, but they they've added some juice uh which is nice. We we should say as we're recording this, uh, the first round will uh, by the time most of these guys, well the $10 subscribers on Patreon, they will they will listen before uh this, but most people listening both of the first round uh nights will be done on on, on the first night uh the the team of Yano, Okado and Sho uh moved on. They beat Jado, uh Yudro and Gato. Uh, and then Sonata got the pin uh, for his team. So Sonata, Shingo, and Bushi uh, move on on that side. And then uh, the next one, the one that's going to happen uh, tomorrow as of this recording, Ibushi, Tanahashi, and Wato uh, versus Zack Sabre Jr., Taichi, and Kanemoro. I would expect Zack Sabre Jr., Taichi, and Kanemoro to win uh, to kind of continue the growing animosity between Ibushi and, and Tanahashi, but we'll see. Uh, or they just had pin Wato, and then they just get, you know, <laughs> you could do that too. Uh, and then Hanma Makabe and Taguchi versus Ishii Goto and Yoshihashi. I, I kind of like the Ishii Goto Yoshihashi team. You know, that's a, that's a solid team. Hope they make it all the way. I See, I don't think they've beaten Wato yet, so I don't know if that's what gives me some pause. I don't, because you'd have to beat Tanahashi, right? Because, um, but you could do that though, because you have Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi in the match. So you could beat Tanahashi or Ibushi. That's not a problem. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's a further sort of their rift because Ibushi is very frustrated with Tanahashi. Um, they haven't beaten Wato yet. And I think, or at least not to my knowledge, I don't think that, no, they haven't beaten him yet. So I don't know if they want to do that. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. Look, I would expect. I don't. I don't. I don't know what to expect. I was gonna say I expect the LIG. Who knows? Team it's this never six man. Who fucking knows? You know. Yeah, and it also does not fucking matter. It could be Hanma, Makabe, and Taguchi for all we know. Who who knows? <laughs> who has any idea? But whatever. It's fine. You know, I would rather it be one of those teams because if you put it on the LIJ team, the belts are just gonna get lost in the shuffle again and not prioritized. Yeah, I'd like. I'd like. A, that's why I like that Ishigoto Yoshihashi team because like those boys, you can have them wrestle every single fucking major show. Put those mm-hmm. titles on there and have those guys defend them. They're not doing anything else. Like, why not? Yeah. Make those titles mean something. Make Ishigoto and Yoshihashi think that they're the best titles in the world. Because you're right. If it's Sonata, Shingo, and Bushi, like, you know, this Shingo doesn't give two shits about the Never Six Mans. Right. And he's too busy defending the Never title. And you'll never get matches. So it's like, I don't want Ishii, Goto, and Yoshihashi to win because I want Yoshihashi to go his whole career without ever winning a title. So that's important to me. So I want that streak to continue. So I want them to lose. But... You know, like Hanma, Makabe, Taguchi, that'd be fine. Because those, like you said, they could defend it on every show. Like every Corkin or almost every Corkin, you know, every show that's, you know, every major show, B-show or otherwise, there's no reason that they can't defend it against a collection of geeks every time out. And that's what I want out of these titles. I want them defended almost on almost every show. But, um, man, at least we have something worthwhile yeah, to talk about for once in this company than... 
you know, and uh, did you watch Nagata Suzuki? I did. Yeah, I, I did watch that. We could touch on that briefly. I, I liked it a lot. It wasn't like a, a blowaway match. I wouldn't call it like a match of the year contender at all, but it was a good fucking two guys went in the ring and just beat the shit out of each other for like 30 minutes, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, singles main event in Corkin. Again, exactly what we've been asking for. I like the New Japan Cup match they had better. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm probably with you on that. This this got a little too much of like your shot, my shot, your shot, my shot. Like that went on for like ten minutes, and I'm like, all right, guys, let's go, let's go, let's move it along a little bit. Yeah, they really worked it like it was the main event of the Tokyo Dome, and I'm not necessarily complaining, but it really did like the slow, deliberate slapping each other in the face bit. Yeah, they really went heavy on that. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed their cup match a little more than that one. But it was a worthwhile match and definitely worth checking out if people didn't uh, didn't see it. But um, yeah, that's what's going on in New Japan. So there'll be new six-man champs on August 9th. And August 9th, yes, is when they're going to officially uh, do that. Now, and then uh, the, the New Japan Strong, that's going to be going on for a little bit. So August 7th, the, the one coming up this uh, Friday, Friday night, that will be all those first-round matches that we talked about. Carl Fredericks versus Kenta, Jeff Cobb versus Tangaloa, David Finley versus Chase Owens, and Brody King versus Tamatonga will all be on that first night, and then the tournament will, will you know, continue throughout the, the the future episodes of the New Japan Strong. So, It's all taped. It's all already taped. And um, a little birdie told us that it's very good. So uh, we'll see. Do we trust or- that birdie? Uh, I trust him. Yeah, 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 I do too. Yeah, I do. I have no reason. Yeah, they wouldn't be blowing smoke up our ass, right? Nah, I trust him. I I think here's the thing about that guy. Okay, if it wasn't good, I don't think he would say it was good. Like he wouldn't say it was bad. He'd say it's interesting, (laughs) or like you know. I don't think that guy would tell us, "Man, this thing stinks." If it stunk, he would just say nothing. But he went out of his way unsolicited to tell right, us it was right, good. Right, right, right. I think if we had asked, hey, are the things good, he would say, well, just watch and find out or something. You know what I mean? Something like right, that. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, like, exactly. Like the nicest way possible to say, well, uh, you'll find out. He's so. a very nice man. Yeah. Very nice man. Would not say it's bad. Would just say nothing and, and but wouldn't lead us astray. So if he says it's good, I think it's going to be good. So what do we got left here on the show? Uh, the last thing is uh, we have some indie topics, Joe, and, and it's up to you. You want to go full on bouncing? Well, I got the music. I, I have the music ready. So when oh, you, you it's, I, oh. I can get the music ready if you want to do the music. Well, in that case, are you ready to go bouncing? Around the indies. And we start with Warrior Wrestling, your neck of the woods, Rich. Where is this show taking place? Uh, This show is taking place uh, at Marion Catholic High School, as it usually does, because it is a quote-unquote fundraiser for the school. I still not a little dubious on that, but whatever. Uh, I don't know how it happens, but it just happens. Anyway, uh, what they're doing, it's called Friday Night Lights, because this is taking place outdoors at the football stadium. So a a good event for people to go to if they're still worried about, you know, uh, being in in, in a building, uh, especially with indie wrestling fans, which I don't blame you on any given time, (laughs) not wanting to go inside a building uh, with uh, indie wrestling fans, but especially during COVID. Uh, So this, you can be pretty safe. It's a big, giant football stadium. You can sit very far away from people. Uh, and watch the wrestling, and this is a loaded, uh, loaded show. I got to try to ease the nurse over and see if maybe we can have this thing happen uh, at some point. But uh, you got Isaiah Velasquez versus Trey Lamar, Kylie Ray versus Ray Lynn, the Rascals versus Alex Zane, Ben Carter, and Blake Christian. 
Uh, all those are pretty good. This match is not. Uh, Warhorse, Dan the Dad, Beastman, Matt Nix, Nacho Clown, Cypher, Gobaldi, the Corn Belt Cowboy, Elena Black, and Davey Bang are all in a match. But don't worry about that match because the rest of it is very good. Joey Janela versus Jake something. Lance Archer versus Sam Adonis. Brian Cage versus Jeff Cobb. And then the Warrior Wrestling title match, Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, versus a man people uh, on AEW have seen recently, uh, Robert Anthony. So that's a hell of a card for wrestling to make their return from. There's uh, there's a lot going on here. Um, that meme match looks... <laughs> How bad is that match? Horrendous. But these are family shows, correct? Uh, yeah, so the thing with Warrior Wrestling is... And I, I guess that, you know I haven't I haven't been to one of their live shows in about a year or so, so I assume that it's probably still this way. But I, I don't know if it's changed. But for the most part, what you're getting is like you're getting a lot of star power. You're getting a lot of fans that like pop at the entrances or whatever. But the wrestling isn't all that great. Like the guys don't go in there and bust their ass. They're not there to have five star matches or whatever. And that's fine. Like not every indie show needs to be that. But you got to if you if you were going to watch this live and it is on Fight TV as well. Voiceswrestling.com/slash/fight. By the way, if you're gonna uh, order that show. Uh, if uh, you want to watch it live on, on Fight or if you're in the Chicagoland area, just temper expectations. Don't think that Brian Cage and Jeff Cobb are going to go out there and have a 20-minute back-and-forth, you know, four-and-a-half-star match. That's probably not going to happen. It's going to be more of, you know, big entrances, guys coming out, that sort of stuff is, is what they, you know, um, more cater to. With that being said, when you have the Rascals, Alex Zane, Ben Carter, and Blake Christian, like, they're probably just going to have a fucking crazy-ass match because it's those dudes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how do they not... I uh, have that. And there's enough on this card that looks like it it, it has a chance to be pretty solid. Because, you know, usually on a Warrior Wrestling, you'll have, like, Alberto Del Rio. Or you'll have, like, you know, insert, you know, random star that you've heard of or whatever. This show's pretty much just, like, top indie guys for the most part. So, um, I'm pretty excited to see uh, so what happens. And, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be there live or watching on Fight. But I'm going to definitely try to check it out uh, this weekend for sure. Game Changer had their Keep in Touch show, Indianapolis. We talked about it briefly last week when we went over their weekend uh, from Atlantic City the week before. And it looked like a great lineup with a lot of good singles matches. I only caught the second half of the show. I don't think you saw any of it, I correct? did not. No, I did not make the trip to uh, to Indianapolis, unfortunately. So Now, the first half of the show had a lot of the uh, good-looking singles matches, and that's the half I missed. But I asked around. And people told me I missed basically nothing. In fact, the uh, Tony Depp and Benjamin Carter match that I was looking forward to was said to be very average. So a little disappointing from that respect. I really thought uh, Ben Carter in there with a guy like Depp and two, you know, getting his first shot in a singles match in Game Changer would make a good impression. But it looks like that match wasn't uh, much of anything, according to uh, my sources, Rich. Uh, I, I showed up for the second half, which unfortunately was not the half for Joe Lanza with a lot of the uh, Ricky Shane Page stuff and Alley Cat. Um, and then the Mance Warner-Nate Webb match, which, again, not exactly my cup of tea. And then the scramble was in the second half. So Ace Austin looked very good in the scramble. Dude, he's good. He's, he's my most improved wrestler of the year this year, I think. Ace Austin is a future star if he keeps his head on straight. Um, he wrestled in a mask, by the way. Wrestled in the mask. I saw that. Okay. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Um, but he looked really good in the scramble it also had alex zane that's who won uh jordan oliver jimmy lloyd shane mercer isaiah's velasquez uh were also in the scramble but ace austin looked good the chris dickinson aj gray match was okay oh that that um, one i really was looking forward to so it was all right i mean it was it was i mean look i wasn't scrambling to find my notebook but it was it was fine and then acht joey janella and 
you know, we talked about it last week. Janela gets a little ambitious at times. You know, they, they, it was, have you ever seen this outdoor Indianapolis venue? Yeah, I've, I've been there actually. <laughs> so I'm all oh, yeah, over so, the area. Yeah. Do you know it's like by a river or a lake yes. or some shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The White River or the, the Snake River, I should say. It has a body of or water. White River. It's so. White River, I think. It's not the Snake River. Sorry. That's evil can be so, jumped over the Snake River. So Snake River Canyon. Yes, yeah. Is that the same area? Uh, no, I don't think it was in Indianapolis that he, he jumped over. I think that was somewhere. Oh, I don't I don't know nothing about. Yeah, so you don't know the outdoors. You don't leave the house. Especially not now. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so Janela dragged ACH down to the river at one point. They were doing uh, okay. spots like that. Yeah. And it's like that shit, like maybe that works for the live crowd. But when you're watching on a stream and they're just doing a walking brawl down to the fucking river bend. Um <laughs> <laughs> and then walking back to the ring, it's like a very you nice know, area too. Which is like I, I like I, I know exactly where they're at because I've been to that area a bunch of times. And just knowing that like there's a game changer wrestling show happening in that area because it's a beautiful area. If I if I sent you a screenshot, you would not believe that that's like where game changer wrestling has their shows. But I mean, good for them uh, that they had it. But it's just yeah, it's crazy. So I know the exact river that he was in, and and, and yeah. So remember how when Ring of Honor would do like their. Midwest swing out in your neck of the woods, and they'd have their Midwest crew. Ace Steel, Delirious, and guys like that would work the Midwest crew. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, but they wouldn't come back east. Like, then they'd do the East Coast swing, and they'd use their East. Like, they had their guys that worked all the shows, and then they'd have your Midwest crew and, like, your Philly, New York, New Jersey crew. And, the, you know, like the filler guys, the underneath guys would be different. Similar here with Game Changer, because, you know, you know, Indianapolis. You have some of the Midwestern crew, like you know, Isaiah Velasquez works the show, and and uh, and Kylie Ray works the show, and you know the just Chicago area people. Uh, Nate Webb, I think, is from Indianapolis, but he comes back east with them too sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that, but you get the idea. Like they kind of have their the It's kind of similar, right? Where they have their core guys that work everywhere, and then when they go to different parts of the country, they get other people in the mix, which is kind of interesting. But um, you know, by all accounts, this was kind of a disappointing show. Even the people who are bigger Game Changer fans than you or I all seem to agree that this didn't quite live up to the hype of the uh, – of the. Uh, listen, that's why you actually wrestle the matches, Rich. Yes. Just because it looks good Probably why I didn't go a uh, six-hour drive to, uh, to see that. So I might have dodged a bullet there. So. I don't want to get into a whole big thing because we got one more area to bounce to here. But um, just in general, where do you stand on the COVID indie wrestling? Um – so you mean in terms of like you know where I am uh, in terms of the, the actual in ring? I mean in terms of should they be having these fucking shows? Um, I have no, I don't really have too many issues with the outdoor shows like the, the Warrior Wrestling at the football stadium, the downtown Indianapolis thing. I have no issue with the Boardwalk. I have no issue with. Uh, I'm not gonna be caught dead in a fucking gymnasium though, <laughs> you know, to watch an indie show. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that that is not happening. There, there's quite a few shows coming up. The next one we're gonna talk about actually. I believe it's taking place indoors too, and and more power to everybody that wants to go and wants to be there and wants to participate, and we'll, we'll hopefully be there safely. But uh, I am good, so yeah, I will go to an outdoor show. I'll go to a football stadium. I'll go to an amphitheater next to a river, but uh, I'm definitely not going to an indoor show. So, so let me ask you another question. Let me get this straight. So we can have people go to restaurants wearing their with their little masks, right? We can put people on airplanes with. For All the record, I haven't eaten indoors, so <laughs> whether you're talking to me, I don't know if you're talking to me or the general audience, but I have not eaten indoors. The general so. audience. Okay. I in, Down here, I left the house once in the last month, and it was to go out to eat because I, I had to give one to the wife. I can't keep staying. You know what I mean? So I, I, I put on my mask, and I panicked, 
and I went out because I don't want to catch this fucking thing. I'm doing a lot of outdoor eating, though. I will say that. Look, I don't think I'm going to die or anything if I get it. I just don't want to deal with it. It's just a fucking inconvenience. I don't want to get this fucking thing. So, we got the, look, the restaurants are open even indoors here. And I know they are in other places in the country, too. But that's not my point. My point is we could allow people to eat in restaurants. I go in this restaurant. The bar is packed with people sitting right next to each other, all with their little masks. Okay? We can put people on airplanes and travel around the country in these little fucking aluminum tubes. I'm also good on that, by the way, too. <laughs> okay? We can do all this. But we can't put 3,000 people in a baseball stadium for a major league baseball game outside in a 40,000-seat building. Am I off base here? No, you're not. I'm with you. Out- outdoors, I'm pretty much – I'm pretty much a, I, the, the point that I'm at, and, and I think the nurse would kind of agree with me as well, um, it, outdoors, she's pretty much cool with just about anything. Indoors is where it gets a little dicey. Bars, concerts, gymnasiums, yeah. airplanes. Like, I'm good yeah. on all that sort of stuff. But outdoors, I'm pretty much good with just about whatever you want to do. I, I, I really think that – a lot of the we, a lot of the studies have shown that yeah, outdoor transmission is, is is very low. So I'm with you, man. I'm with you. We can't put 20 people in each section of a 40,000 seat outdoor baseball stadium. I mean, is that really out of line at this point? As long as everybody's wearing a mask and the concessions are closed. I've been I've been to a and, baseball game actually. The uh, well, it rained out in the second inning, but yeah, one of the indie teams by me. Uh, is running because they basically have to run to survive, and uh, yeah, it was it's fine. You know, you bought your ticket, you sat away from everybody, ate some free hot dogs, watched some baseball. It rained out in the second inning, so didn't get to see too much baseball. But yeah, everybody seemed to be handling it pretty well. So yeah, I don't know. I just don't get it. I I think there's no reason there can't be people in these baseball stadiums, but uh, that probably is pissing a lot of people off. But that's just my take. Uh, one more topic: St. Louis anarchy. The spirit of Spalding kicks off Friday. And we've been meaning to talk about this uh, the last couple of weeks, but this was the best week to do it. They are doing a gigantic, and I mean gigantic, G1-style tournament. A huge undertaking. Is, a huge undertaking a by huge these guys. And I can't, I hope it's successful because it rules, and I hope more people do this. I will be watching uh, for sure on Friday. Um, I will try to keep up with it the best I can. They are uh, two blocks of 12 – is it 12 wrestlers each? It's 24 wrestlers uh, Yes, total, yep, yep, that is correct. And it's going, I think they have openly stated that it's going to take like a year, right? 11 months or something like that to get through um, all these matches. So they're doing a G1 style tournament, two 12 person blocks. It is ambitious because we've already seen a couple replacements right here on the very first show because they're going to have to deal with injuries. They're going to have to deal with COVID. They're going to have to deal with people being signed. I mean, this thing's a year long. I yeah, mean, you guys get annoyed, guys that just say, I don't want to go, or my car broke down, or yeah, there's any number. That's why I say, like, it's just super ambitious, and I hope it works for them, but man, what a risky undertaking. There's a reason indies don't do this stuff more often, so I hope it works for them. I hope it works, but I am, even though I'm going to be following it closely, I'm, my expectations are set where there are going to be hiccups. I fully expect people to drop out. I fully expect, I mean, uh, I, I just, you know, whether it's injuries or COVID or people getting signed to contracts, I expect changes and dropouts. And I just, that's my expectation going in. I don't think it's going to be clean. If it is, great. And I hope it is, but who knows? But it starts on Friday. I believe it's airing on independent wrestling TV. Is that correct? Uh, let me confirm that, but I believe that is indeed correct. So. I'll run through the blocks while you're looking that up. So we've got the A block. With uh, Rich with the notes, he's got their credentials on. Uh, last last word on, on wrestling. The, uh, the last word on for wrestling website actually has that. I did not add those credentials, so I can't I can't well, take listen, credit for those. So you copy and pasted. You did the work. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I did do the work. A block. Davey Vega 
who of course uh, is a uh, one half of the besties in the world, and his partner is also in the tournament. We'll get to that. Well, maybe, Gary, nah, maybe not. He, uh, he's one of the replacements. Yeah, he's he's one of the COVID guys, but he's on block B, so I don't know what they're gonna do with that. They, maybe the maybe they'll just see how it is. Well, by that point, so. someone's wrestling in his place on the show on Friday, I think, yeah. or the show on. Uh, let me just give the blocks. Yeah, that's fine. So, got... uh, some of these people will not wrestle because some of them will get hurt or they'll have COVID or something. So. Well, there's already a replacement. Maybe we could figure it out. But, okay, so we've got Davey Vega, uh, Gary J, who's a three-time St. Louis Anarchy champion, uh, Thomas Shire, uh, Everett Connors, uh, Mikey McFinnigan, Ace Perry, who is the current reigning IWA Mid-South champion. How about that? That's prestigious. Uh, Sean Arleans, Jake Dearden is in this tournament. Uh, he's been bouncing around the Midwest in these yeah, first one. Yeah, oh my god, remember. for what seems like a decade at this point for him. He so. does like a Bruiser Brody kind yes, of gimmick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt Kenway, uh, Cole Radrick, who is the Paradigm Pro Champion, a promotion we talked about last week. Fred Yehi, and then Billy Starks. There is one woman in each block. I'm not crazy about it, but look, it's modern independent wrestling. You just have to live with it. Uh, B Block, AC Mack who holds about a million different uh, independent wrestling titles right now, and a guy who I think is uh, very underrated. Evangelistico, who, look, if you have a promotion booked by Matt Jackson, Evangelistico is probably, <laughs> probably going to show yeah. up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Aaron Williams is in this tournament, a seven-time IWA Mid-South champion. Uh, Warhorse, who uh, is the current IWTV independent wrestling champion, of course. Kenny Alfonso and Jealous Lane is the female competitor. In this block, uh, Big Beef Gnarls Garvin, who is the reigning 0-1 USA I love tag the name. team champion. 0-1 USA, a lot of people don't know exists, but that's also a Midwestern mainstay. Yes. I wonder if 0-1 Japan still recognizes 0-1 USA. I, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing there's a um, 0% chance that Sajiro Tani is aware that 0-1 USA exists whatsoever, but... Moonshine Mantel's coming up from Texas, and let me tell you about Moonshine Mantel. Almost no one listening to this is familiar with Moonshine Mantel. Maybe Aaron Quinn, at best, is familiar with Moonshine Mantel. Rich, this is a guy who could be signed by this time next year. I'm telling you, keep an eye on this guy. He's got the look. He's got the size. I know. I know. He, as 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 a body guy, I know him a little bit, and he looks. Oh, he. Great. Oh, he. Yeah. yeah I mean. <laughs> He looks major league. And look, I know that that's half the battle, but it's a very important half of the battle. But he can go, too. Uh, I've seen this guy wrestle a million times. Look, is he Toshiaki Kawada? He's not. <laughs> he is not. Okay, so he's not Toshiaki Kawada. Got it. Is he Is he, Is he? he a Hall of Famer and one of the best wrestlers of all time? <laughs> so he's slightly below Toshiaki Kawada. Got it. Okay. Well, because you know how people are. They're going to say yeah. I oversold him. But look, the guy can go. He has a great look. And this is a guy who uh, I will stake my reputation on. Keep an eye on this dude in the B block. And I like some of his matchups. I like him with AC Mack. I like him with the Warhorse. Okay. Uh, I like him with Jeremy Wyatt. This is a good brack. This is a good block for him, too. So keep an eye on Moonshine Mantel. Then we have Deacon Cash, who I'm not familiar with at all. Uh, anything on Deacon Cash? Or no? I don't know anything about Deacon uh, Cash, unfortunately. Christian Rose, who is the zero one USA heavyweight yeah. champion, I've always, Rose is solid. He's always been pretty good. I haven't seen him in years because he's kind of went away for a while, uh, at yeah. least in the places that I don't really watch. But yeah, solid as fuck wrestler. So 
Yeah, if you follow the indies, especially if you're in Rich's neck of the woods, you've seen Christian Rose a million times. Uh, Matt Fitchett, of course, one half of the besties in the world, and formerly of the tag team Flippy Shit. I will never stop bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, Flippy Shit about rules, it because yeah. That was just the best name for a tag team ever uh, when he was one half of Flippy Shit. And, of course, Jeremy Wyatt. We talked about last week. He is the current reigning and two-time St. Louis Anarchy champion. Look, I'm not familiar with everyone. I know nothing about Deacon Cash. I know nothing about Kenny Alfonso. Um, Mikey McFinnigan, know nothing about him. The rest, I think I've seen everyone at least once. There's a pretty good field. It's a damn good field. Yeah, even if there's, like, the few of the guys that we don't know about, like, that's all you want. Like, when you have a field like this, when you have, like, a, you know, block play and stuff like they're doing here because with an A block and a B block, all you really want is, like, is more than half of it the roster or is more than half the block good? And in this case, it's well over half of the block, I would say, is pretty good. So, yeah, I'm excited to see the guys that I haven't heard of before because uh, I know that, like, yeah, I know half the guys can go or more than half the guys can go. So that, that always leads you with some confidence. It's not like, you know, we're coming in where we know two guys and we don't know any of the other dudes and we're like, oh, geez, what's going to happen here? It's, it's a nice blend of Midwest guys. It's a nice blend of Texas guys. It's a nice blend of, you know, St. Louis Anarchy regulars, uh, regulars across the indie scene. So, yeah, I'm excited to check it out, man. I cannot wait. Uh, I did confirm both of them. They are going to be on independent wrestling TV throughout. So, yeah, definitely uh, worth the subscription to check those out. Yeah, I, I really like the B block. That's my block. Oh, yeah, the B block is, is loaded. I mean, yeah, the A block's got some 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 highs. But, yeah, like you said, AC Mack, who I really like a, a, a lot. Um, Moonshine Mantel, who, yeah, I, I've seen and, and I'm into. Christian Rose, who I like. Matt Fitch and Jeremy Wyatt. Just, just those War Horse. Uh, War Horse is a wrestler as well. Aaron Williams. <laughs> Aaron Williams. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron Williams is pretty good. Yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. That block is going to produce. I, I'm looking at it and I see a lot. It's like when you look at the G1 and you look at the – you're like, oh, wow, you're just – there's so many matchups in this more block. matches like are going to be good in that block than are going to be bad like that you have to do that g1 math yeah. when you're like all right look Correct. most of these guys are good and most of these guys are going to face each other of course so that's going to be good yeah there might be a few stinkers here you look at a few of the matches and you go eh, that might be a little tough but for the most part yeah you have confidence that, that a majority of the matchups in that block are going to be good the a block uh, the a block's got a little bit of work to do i'd say but you know you never know it's it's i'd say the, the a block is a little bit more kind of smaller guys a little bit quicker guys whereas the b block is like the meat you know what I mean? There's a lot of big dudes in that block for sure. I think they even got the right woman in the right block. I think uh, Lane is the much oh, better yeah. yeah, she can go with all these for dudes the... for sure. Yeah, and she'll mix it up. And, you know, uh, Starks is a little smaller. So it, it, Lane is a better fit for some of the beef that you see in that block too. I think, um, you know, that was – yeah. I, I So, yeah, the B block is the, is the block that I have circled. Now the show on – the show this weekend is A Block, and then the first B Block show is August 21st. So, again, these are going to be like every couple of weeks. It's going to take a while to get through it. But what that also does is if the tournament is interesting, it gives us a lot to talk about. Because we can come on every couple of weeks, update the standings, see where we're at. If it stinks, it'll fade away and we'll stop talking right. about it. But if it's good and it's interesting, I would like to keep up with it and talk about it. All right. Is that it for the Indies? That's, that's every that's topic every I got. show. That's it for the show, too. So we let it a little bit earlier here uh, because we started a little bit <laughs> later because of our technical issues. Uh, we will hopefully get those figured out. The $10 subscribers, you will hopefully get a live show uh, next week. But uh, you guys are hearing this before everybody else, so at least you're getting a little bit something out of that. But uh, to other people as well, uh, patreon.com slash voice of wrestling. We just released the deep dive all about the J-Crown. Uh, rave review so far about that. Two hours talking about the title history of the J-Crown, the legacy of the J-Crown, 
the matches from the J Crown, really good stuff. And yeah, it's been awesome to hear uh, great reviews so far. So I'm excited uh, about that one. Joe Vember remembers keep going, you know, continues uh, the boys of summer. I'm going through SummerSlam main events of, of, of semi recent vintage too. So it's pretty fun. Uh, Nexus versus team WWE is coming up uh, this weekend. And I cannot wait to talk about that one and, and dive into that. So plenty of good stuff for you in the $5 and $10 tiers at patreon.com slash voices wrestling. Also keeps, as we mentioned, our brand new subscriber there uh, keeps.com slash VOW. Get your first month free of keeps uh, hair loss treatment that's keeps.com slash vow again and uh that's it for uh, us excuse me oh, sir yeah. joe eats a chacaroni oh, that's right yes i forgot about the yeah. joe i could not for the life of me i could not understand what went wrong in my life where i was sitting there at work with my headphones on listening to you eat a pizza just your disgusting mouth noises and i'm wondering why am i listening to this but there's some perverse value in it that uh that i enjoy i will not give the spoiler though but yes joe reviews the chacaroni pizza from papa john's joe eats a chacaroni and you could expect joe eats to be a series <laughs> i was gonna say any, any excuse like and you're gonna tell the tlb too you're like look i gotta do this like this is this yeah. is my job like we have to get this food i have to eat this right, right now like like I don't want to do this, but this is my job now. I got to do this. So yeah, what, what's what, what? What is on the rough like the short list of what you're trying to? Uh... I don't want to give them away. They're going to be some surprises. You could expect a lot of uh, you know our frozen food favorites to get in the mix, though. That's for sure. Oh, so you're but, you're uh, swagger walking down that frozen food line this man, weekend it, and getting the the, most, the biggest oddities you could find. I might have to look. I don't want to overdo the gimmick. Yeah, you, but you, you don't want heart failure. Some... That's, let's, yeah, that's let's, for sure. Let's stay healthy. We don't want yeah. you dying out here, but. Yeah, it's it's hard enough, uh, but uh, the more Joe Eats will pop up, but it debuts with uh, Joe Eats the Chacaroni, a full review of the uh, of the Chacaroni. Yeah, with the bonus you know, Papa John's appetizer, too, that uh, that is – I definitely put a, a pin in, in, in that appetizer. That That's happening at some point pretty soon. Yes. For me. So that is also at VoicesWrestling.com slash Patreon. Joe eats things live on the air, and you pay $5 to hear him eat something, so – uh, it works, though. I mean, it was arguably one of our most popular posts that we've done in weeks, which is sadly horrifying. And uh, all the work that we do for everything else, and then you just eat a pizza, and people love it. So, um, But that's good. You've made it, right? That's how you know you made that's it. Right. Anyway, congratulations to you. Uh, and thank you, everybody, for your listening and supporting uh, this uh, our Patreon, the site, and the show. And for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Krejci. We'll talk to you guys next time on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Take care.